back to the beautiful toilets I've uh, convened a an impromptu episode to address the controversies around the uh, the Edward Devere the, the Edward Devere ball I'm here with uh, two return guests uh, J- Phoebe and Joe and uh, you know I usually have a policy of avoiding like these like flash in the pan events um, and like trying not to talk about them too much because I because they do tend to like come and go pretty quickly and I'm uh, I'm making an exception to my policy today because I uh, I feel like we want you know the party of the century. Well, I I feel like I'm in like a glutton. Like I haven't been putting out the podcast as much, and so I feel like it's just like the little uh, stimulus that I need. And I also think that there's uh, a lot to this story that deserves to be shared with the world. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming thank back. Thanks, Nick. Joe and Phoebe. Thank you for yeah, thank you for platforming us. Thank you for for uh, letting us tell yeah. the the real. The last person who will. <laughs> no. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Phoebe, it's so funny because I was uh, re-listening to our last episode the other day, uh, right. um, and it, it, I really didn't know you at the time, and that was like how I got to know you, and now like this is like what like five months later, yeah, and, uh, and you know, so much has changed, and now we're you know still riding high from the uh, the joy of the Edward Devere ball. Woo! Which I st- yeah. still can't believe ha- uh, really happened. But um, <laughs> so crazy, yeah. I liked um, I liked earlier, right before we started recording. You said we're going to discuss the event, <laughs> and the, the ter- calling it the event sounds like a, as if a nuclear bomb was dropped on New York, like or or like an Akira, like you know, uh, or even even Galliana, uh, you know. Complete. Uh, Can I show crisis. you guys my back so right like... now? Look at this. Sure. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. You got 
Uh, Phoebe got done dirty by a massage therapist. Oh, is that yeah. bruises? Oh, those are like cups, right? They're like, oh, like what Michael Phelps Wait, does. Can you see it? Like, it's a door, like, it down. I mean, I can see some like circly bruises. It doesn't well, look, <laughs> don't look right. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's, um, I, 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 they put me back together again today with the cups. So uh, I'm, a, I'm in, oh, I'm in okay. fine fettle. Nick, you're giving, you're, Nick's serving hot ADF vibes <laughs> looking for you. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so delighted. Like I'm, I'm like literally like on the moon. It's, it's so exciting and, and seeing like, I guess maybe I'll just kick it off, which is something that like drives me crazy and keeps me up at night as I'm trying to like, I don't know. I think about the Shakespeare authorship questions like all day or a day and it, it brings me so much delight. And something that's so frustrating about communicating around it is that like, because J.T. Loney wrote this book in 1920, and so he called it like Oxfordian, uh, you know, identif Shakespeare identified, and he called it Oxfordianism. So the movie is like Oxfordianism, um, which is like because like he was the Earl of Oxford, and like that means nothing to a contemporary person living in like America or even Britain today. Like for example, like if you see like Meghan and Harry on TV, but if you're like, oh, did you see the Sussexes on Oprah? Like everyone looks at you like you're crazy, and so. I'm just like, there's no, like, it's funny. I was talking with the, the president of the Shakespeare Oxford Fellowship and they're, they're investing in some like SEO research because they're like, literally people don't even know what the fuck our movement is. Like literally people don't know, is it like, who is Edward de Vere? Is it Oxfordianism? That's totally different than Edward de Vere who was the Earl of Oxford. And so it's just like a PR nightmare uh, top to bottom. And it's like, imagine like you're trying to like get people to know about your cool band, but your band has like two different names. And one of them is like Harvard. It's just like totally baffling. No one knows what the fuck is going on. And so I was like, I want to meme people into understanding who, like, literally, like, people had no idea. And like, I would have conversations with people about the Shakespeare authorship question for like hours. And then they'd be like, wait, what's his name again? Like, and maybe want to jump off a bridge. And so uh -huh. I'm just so excited that like people are going to remember. Like, now we are like infiltrating people's like memory palaces, leaving them with like uh, vivid uh, imagery <laughs> to associate with. Devere and like people know Edward Devere is now and like I posted today like I love that you know first they ignore you then they laugh at you then they fight you then they you fucking win and so I'm just like we're climbing up that ladder baby like, I couldn't be more delighted success beyond wild dreams yeah so um as far as the happening is concerned uh what happened oh what happened well that's what's so funny is like I feel like I'm just like it's so funny seeing like people freak out at like <laughs> the photos of the party and i'm like what wait, wait. explain this to a general audience like you this know, isn't you know, you know this isn't like insider no, baseball yeah. okay this isn't insider baseball okay this is the the broader this is the average joe american joe are you relocating for no okay i'm just turning my I ac see. off no so basically um people have had very strong responses to some of the <laughs> images that have been posted from the party there's been a what party tell please explain the oh, part i think are we start are you saying let's start from square yeah, one yeah. and like how it's we got like, the idea you know, you know, nick I don't just know. wants I don't know. us to admit that he was the one who came up with the idea of the party i think that's what's being judged for it too oh that's so, yeah no, i just uh, i don't know i don't know how much of my audience uh uh keeps up we with were on things, a, we were on a spiritual retreat <laughs> in in the cat skills meditating for 10 hours a day on no seed oil how to uh imbue the 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 world culture with the oxfordianism and um uh, maybe i should preface this by saying 
and uh, I don't want to come off as disrespectful to Phoebe when I say this. I don't really give a fuck about <gasps> Oxfordianism. Uh, not uh, in so far as I don't give a fuck about. Uh, you know, uh, 16th century poetry, like it's just not a scholarly, a particular uh, scholarly interest of mine. Uh, I mean, I, I give 16th century poetry as an example when it, that's actually like overlaps with the thing, so that's a bad example. Um, I'm not interested in uh, like uh, astrophysics, but I was interested in helping people, uh, you know, helping somebody uh, with something they're passionate about and they love, and that's all, I, you know. Totally. So, and, and yeah, Joe is like a dream collaborator because she's so insanely competent. She has phenomenal taste. She's like just a baller. You, like, you. it's just like, honestly, like my mom was like saying, like, she's like, Phoebe, it sounds like your friends have such like skills. And it's like, it's so true. And it's like having just done this like huge project over the course of the past year, unrelated to the Devere Ball, where it was like, I was like kind of fighting with somebody else's troops and like it felt like it wasn't like I didn't have a team of people that I knew and was comfortable with and so you're kind of you know hiring mercenary soldiers and it's a mess you know and it's like the it's been such a healing experience like working with you and Larissa and and you know the rest of our crew because it's like man like Scott is amazing and can drive a truck through the fucking Holland Tunnel <laughs> Scott like, is amazing you know you're yeah. amazing and like yeah. you learn how to use InDesign and put together like a gorgeous thing that makes everybody's work like shine and be beautiful and, and, and visually stunning thank you I'm shocked no you did amazing myself. I'm the queen of the soft Larissa, skill you like, know I'm the queen I mean InDesign's like, a hard skill but me down thank god from wearing like a ball gown that I would have ordered for like $200 off of like these like fast fashion things and like saved my life oh yeah yeah you were you were in a mo there were a few moments of there were uh, some decision trees that have gone could have gone uh, psychosis, <laughs> psychosis yeah. that well, yeah. no, it's like, like she got temporary what I psychosis. And she like translated it into something that was like refined and appropriate and not making me look like a deranged like psychopath. So, no, it's just been so mm -hmm. beautiful like seeing like people come together, like offering their resources. Like, you know what I was thinking about? You know who's best dressed? Dasha looked stunning, but like runner up, Richie. Richie was my best dress. Richie, Richie was looking great. Glow up of the century, I think Richie like, wins yeah. most of Richie wins most That's improved. Right. Sure. Well, yeah. Richie was like, like, it was just like, honestly, like, I just want to gush. Like, people. Everyone was, do, everyone really, like, everyone was, was their, their best, best self, self, like, in every way. And so what's funny is, like, I feel like some of the people who are dunking on the photos on the internet are making fun of us because they think that we were going for, like, some, like, Wes Anderson, like, Adam's family, dark Catholic academia aesthetic, which is, like, so far from, like, mm, yeah. what we were, like, it, it was obviously, like, a rainbow gathering of, like, extreme body positivity, and it was, like, live your, live yeah. your best life out loud. <laughs> yeah, so Desmond is amazing, uh, drag, oh. hetero drag no, performance. No, for sure, but it's, like, so for yeah. me, like, what makes me so happy looking at the photos is, A, like, nobody was on their phone ever, like, people were laughing and having such a great time and interacting, and, like, like I look again, like reality gamer, like smoke show in my book, and like he's wearing his like box mm -hmm. and his bucket hat and looks great, and it's like living his midsummer night's dream. And like, yeah, some people were like, oh, I feel underdressed. No, I was like, no, the underdressed, like the the underdressed people, like are integral to the vibe. Totally. Like, that's, but I mean, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, I know we're Nick, the gun, because uh, okay, we still I haven't explained what the party is or. Like, okay, so I we, we were on our hike it's right, it's in the Catskills. <laughs> well, no, I feel like the necessary like, context we really like, is that like Phoebe is just like the most like sincere like Oxfordian ideologue and like has been like pushing this hobby horse, and I'm also like 
more or less indifferent to it like just because I'm the opposite of a theater kid like I don't really know anything I, I don't know Shakespeare because I've had like very few opportunities to watch plays and I'm like very autistic about only like watching the play and not reading it so mm-hmm. uh, I really liked Antony and Cleopatra that's uh, oh my god because it's about BPD girls of course you like it <laughs> literally yeah, it, and maybe, I never like, thought of it that way but I watched but, um, Oh, and I like the sonnets, too. I mean, because the sonnets are like poetry, so, you know, it's like a little booklet that you can read out loud or recite. Or No, it's like, you know, I I like Shakespeare on a very casual level and, like, not to the point. You know, I'm very agnostic about the authorship question. I'm I'm growing on Oxfordianism. The more that I learn, the more I watch your TikToks, like, I'm kind of like... Yeah, the, he, yeah, I'm certainly convinced, yeah, like, well, like well, whatever. Like, you guys are name, fucking like, killing me if we, like, release this podcast and it's both of you guys, like, espousing your, like, agnosticism on, like, Shakespeare authorship question. I'm literally going to... I just, Joe, no, I just said I'm convinced. So. Is making me really sad right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know a lot. So, like, well, <laughs> no, because we're talking about the origin right. story. So, basically, we're on this hike. Uh, it's Phoebe's birthday hike. She's going on and on about Oxfordianism. We're like, oh, she has to have an outlet. She has to have somebody else that she can yap about this to. Just kidding. Um, Nick, you made like a one-off joke about like... Like everyone, everyone's going the to these milady raves. Like you should do an Edward de Vere rave, which I still call it. I still we call were it like, the Edward de Vere rave. We were like, that's stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it, it was like, no, but it was like, like love at second. first sight, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. It was like, yeah. so I can take it back even farther, which is that, you know, I've been super, like, I think throughout the whole pandemic, really, like, just really into the Shakespeare authorship question. It's, like, been kind of, like, the light of my my dark, lonely winters. And I was, this winter, I heard, um, like, an interview with this amazing American hero genius, Robert Prechter, on an, an episode of Don't Quill the Messenger, which is, of course, the leading... Um, Shakespeare authorship question podcast and he'd written this book called Oxford's Voices and it's like in 24 volumes and only this online and I was just like all right I'll bite and so I just like started reading through it and it was just making my heart pound like I was just like shaking it was so exciting and just the research that went into it I was just like you know what everything nowadays feels so shitty and second rate and it feels like we're not living age of like first rate like history making and I was like this man is like the Maimonides of Oxfordianism like this is like world historical like lightning bolt insanely important stuff and so I ended up getting in touch with him I ended up getting to write which I'm so excited about it's getting published the the review of his 24 volume book series which is coming out in in the Oxfordian journal (laughs) is everyone just like turning off this podcast because it's so boring but basically I was like (laughs) I'm like I want it's just, it kills me that people aren't talking about him. And it kills me that this incredibly dignified, true scholar gentleman is like going through life. Like he's very successful as a businessman and has these other things going on. But it's like the fact that him and Hank Whittemore and Alexander Waugh are like re- not like revered and receiving the highest laurels of our land and are in- instead like thought of as like ignored A or like B just like thought of as like kooky, like conspiracy theorists. Like it, it drives me insane. Like it really is so wrong. And I feel that any society that is not rigorously investigating the question of like who wrote its greatest literary works of all time is committing cultural suicide Mm -hmm. and so i was just like i want to find a way to shine a light and so that was sort of the idea of like wanting to kind of meme this thing make this party get people talking about it and i just want to say like there are like i think that they're like for anyone who like thinks that like i I care at all like if people are like taking 
like looking at photos of the party where like it was literally like celebrities and professional like models literally and being like oh these people are like ugly and like thinking that it's like bumming me out like dunking on it like i'm like okay okay yeah say that i'm cringe say that i'm stupid say that i'm ugly like i have no skin in this game i have no investment like i'm happy to be the butt of everybody in the internet's joke as long as you know who the fuck edward <laughs> devere is like i'm winning like this is my school shooter manifesto like disseminate it like I, I don't care. Like, I, I'm not pushing anything. I have no product to sell. All I care about is, like, sh sh sharing the gospel of Oxfordianism and Edward de Vere. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the uh, earth-shattering anger with <laughs> which the news was received by the internet that, um, that some... 20 and 30 somethings in New York had a cocktail party. <laughs> uh, was continues to sh actually was not that shocking at first and in the days after has like begun to shock me because it's like hit me like how um just bizarre it's so uh, weird the, no, the reaction like, the thing is it's like first of all i think there's literally like new york phobia like i think people have this like rage or like fomo about new york yeah. and then also like yeah, and yeah, I mean, New York stands for, in people's psyches, uh, a number of things beyond, like, a city of 8 million people. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah something yes. that rhymes with new, but... Mm. Oh! Yeah, well, there's that, there's that angle to it, too. And, uh, yeah, I do think you could <laughs> construe it, but I, I don't I don't. I just like, I, I don't want to it's get such an uh, lesson for me. Like, I learned so much about just like how weird people are and like just the dumb, like the low resolution, like really poor comments. Like, like, first of all, like it could literally have been images of like Victoria's secret angels and people would have been like, these people are fours. <laughs> like, it's like, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe, I don't know if you were around for like this. I mean, it was kind of a meme on like R9K and back it. in the day, and I guess in Twitter, like <laughs> like Manosphere blogs. But there was like a meme where like you would take a photo of like a model or like uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence or somebody, and you would like t take like a bunch of like red like arrows or like circle like kneecaps <laughs> bulging like like you know clavicle too fat like you know or like you know like an obviously gorgeous woman and like just like tear her apart with like minutia that is like fabricated and that that's like the joke of it uh -huh. but the but the um but the joke of it is that like people really do react it, like there's there is no correlation between like some kind of objective uh god determined no. uh attractiveness like i don't know like for me like Again, like looking at the photo of like Nick and Mari, like anyone who doesn't see that and think like this is what like again like Megan and Harry are like trying to look like is like I don't know I don't get it I just I don't <laughs> they're so beautiful yeah. I'm flattered I just I don't know oh. I don't know what to say um, well you're you're the one that brought it all together I think um, the you know it's funny because also like when you were on the beautiful toilet last time like you had uh, kind of pitched it as like oh yeah I'd love to go on your podcast and maybe talk about the Shakespeare authorship question and I was like open to it I'm like yeah that kind of like fits the brand like I'm, I would be into it and then we like called in advance and I was like hearing all the research and like I had the rigorous like pages yeah notes. the rigorous <laughs> yeah I know like all the rigorous documentation I'm like oh this is gonna be like a the research worst, dump like kind of like and NPR like kind of like a vibe that's not really what I'm going for. But then you you did get to like uh you know go go off on the research on the other podcast that you did. So 
totally. Yeah. And that was a, yeah, delightful. No, um, it's great. Like, I feel like I've created a market where people are actually willing to hear me out as I like do my insufferable spiel. So it's like, <laughs> again, like more winning. Um, yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, it was like, and so that was like uh, the, you know, the background for me getting to know you really was like in the context of like the Shakespeare authorship question and just like you're like unabashed passion about this guy, Edward Devere. And also like, it's like totally like, uh, uh, um, uh, removed from any class or like you know social kind of aspect to it that you could come up with like when Curtis talks about it it really is like a very aristocratic worldview whereas like you, you I feel like you're like a, a total like truth sell about it that's just yeah. like no it doesn't it doesn't matter that he's an aristocrat it just is you know it's just no it's like I want to understand like how is genius happen like how do these amazing works of art happen you know what I mean it's like I want to get to of it and like yeah. getting closer to that truth like electrifies me um mm-hmm. yeah i will say like it is um i don't qualify this as a regret or even like a lesson learned or anything but it is something that i've uh observed that because curtis you know with respect to curtis you know and everything like nice guy um because curtis was the biggest name that we got and because curtis had the longest runtime for mm-hmm. his remarks um the i think the event and the zine has been associated with his particular you know idiosyncratic view on uh oxfordianism and you know that that's like not necessarily the intention of the uh project but but, you know i mean that's one of those things that can't really but i i I totally hear that and that that makes total sense and again it's like it's always surprising when you see like how people like read things or perceive it I, I thought Curtis's piece was great. I thought Curtis's mm-hmm. spiel was great. And like, yeah, frankly, like even like, you know, the thing is, it's like there's it's like, again, it's like the man of infinite jest. Like, you know, he has Edward Devere is such a like a protean dynamic figure. And like, I think like obviously like his aristocratic upbringing, like that's not irrelevant. You know what I mean? I think I no, Curtis's certainly not piece about like specifically the part of the piece where he's talking about like the smashed uh, fishbowl of like the Tudor and Jacobean court and how like how how in Devere's world like Elizabethan in in I thought his model of like monarchy worked under Elizabeth and it wasn't about having these like institutions that were prestigious it was like if you're the best physicist in the land you're the closest person to Elizabeth like if you were the best artist in the land you're the closest artist to Elizabeth and the idea of that is like kind of the solar system that is synonymous with like a functional monarchy like I found that really interesting and like I think that part of the what it must have been exciting living in that time in a like when the people who were the smartest and the best, like, I mean, again, who knows? It's like, obviously it was like an intensely classist and fucked up like time, like every other time is, but I don't know. I, um, I thought, was, I just want to say thank you to Curtis. No, the fact not that Curtis him. came, the fact that he dressed up in a costume and, and like, <laughs> like I, again, like when I, when I say like, it was such a magical night because it was like, it really was all these like freaks and weirdos that we associate with like at their absolute pinnacle of like best behavior. It was like him being such a girl dad. Yeah and being so sweet and attentive to his like beautiful, uh-huh. amazing 14 year old daughter who again like also candidate for best dress like such a sweetheart yes amazing stunning, amazing yeah. person like and their relationship and their bond is so solid like was so touching to me and so i just like i'm so grateful that he you know came and, and supported and, and turned out and like you know Mm-hmm. I have no, no notes. Of course. No, no. I love the uh, love the uh, Substack article. I thought that I thought it was really interesting, like just from a purely literary perspective, like his uh, c- you know comparison of like 
Edward de Vere's like early writing with like the works of Shakespeare and like the sense of like continuity that he sees. He's like, yeah. oh, this is Shakespeare before she, if Shakespeare was writing before Shakespeare was good, this is what it would look like. And I thought that was very persuasive when he like, you know, all due respect to him, but like when he goes on about like how like, uh, could Shakespeare have been written by like a glove maker's son who, who knocked up a woman when he was 18, who was 26? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, like <laughs> for some reason the older woman thing is like the cincher for you every time you bring it up the older woman thing is is i know i know well, like, like, well, like both like both like curtis and sybil in their writing they're just like this could never this could never be uh possible he like he like w he was with an older woman and then meanwhile like curtis like literally told me verbatim he's like you should be you shouldn't be dating anyone younger than 29 so <laughs> okay but uh, all right. Well, and that's why you're not. Yeah, that's why. You know, I'm. I. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I guess. Uh, Damn it, well, Nick! I, like I'm, Nick's. I'm, been, I'm gonna. Nick's been frozen for me. Like I can see Joe moving, and Nick's just been like an image of like a, a buff, IDF soldier frozen. Oh, that's always just. Oh, I hope yeah. it's a flattering image. Oh, it's no, it's a good one. But I just, I feel like I'm not up to date in terms of uh, registering your facial expressions. Like I feel like maybe you're really mad uh -huh. or something right now, and I'm not. I'm not. No. No, no, of course not. No, I'm, he's smi uh, he's oh, smiling now. He's videos. back. Uh, there he I know. I, I turned it back for you. Thank um, you. Yeah, that, that's how, that's the reason why I keep the video on is because I feel like so much of my humor or whatever like depends on like the faces that I make. So I, I feel like I would really d d unnerve people not having the video on. Sammy once said that actually, literally. Sure. He said, Nick, he said it was like, what's your astrological sign? Uh, well, my sun sign is Capricorn, but I, I don't relate to that. I think he said, I think he said, like he said, Nick, he's like, Nick is a Capricorn and the power of Capricorn in his face. And that's why Nick hates masks so much because it takes away the power of his face. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess my face really is like the source of my power. But um, but no, I just like, you know, I, I think that uh, obviously like I've told you that my like uninformed, like naive, like kind of like poetic, like uh, interest in like the Shakespeare authorship question just as like something that I don't really know much about, but I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, it could like totally be like this, like, uh, you know, like mommy GF, uh, like d working class, like upper, like middle, but like somehow working class guy from like ass Stratford, you know, just like the ass part of England or it, cause like I relate to that, you know, um, right. and it could also be like this. No, it's a romantic narrative. I mean, it's, you know, the working class schmuck who, you know. Well, and then I, like, I also wanted to be like this guy that like traveled to Italy time. and like got into fights with people all the time and like burned bridges, you know, like there's like a romance to like both aspects. And I guess, I don't know, I've kind of like enjoyed like not really having like a serious opinion about it because like the more I do think about it, like, you know, the more uh, conflicted I would feel in terms of, and of course, like my loyalty would be to the truth in the end, but like, mm -hmm. I mean, I have like, warmed up to Oxfordianism on just like the level of truth just like I think that the, the Shakespeare signing his name issue is definitely a it, it, you know that's like pretty embarrassing but um. those signatures you know I re read an explanation of the signatures that was like oh it's just like a different script it's a like a special like shorthand script if you look it literally but I'm like it really looks yeah, like it, shit. it looks like it looks like, like a Dominican person signs their names like what? 
I don't want to. I shouldn't be ages to six year olds, but it looks like a six year old. No, it's, and it's, it's they're all spelled different. They're all like, look, there's no paper trail for this. Okay, I, there's there's many different directions that I want to pick up on, and I don't. I think we're not going to turn this into like ranting about Oxfordianism like thing. Yeah. Right. Okay, but you're. Yeah, we shouldn't. Because you're you're. You're, you're I know. saying dumb stuff, and I feel the need to like push back aggressively. Wait, what do you mean about well, the signatures? Well, no, 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 no. So I'm, I'm getting triggered. I agree with you about the signatures. No, not not what no, I no. said. Like, I think just I was going to get into the thing about the Glover. I, like, you know, the fact is, what bothers me about the Glover thing is, like, first of all, it's like the son of a Glover. It's like that guy had, you know, they were kind of like his his records. It's like he did glove making at one point, but he was like a bailiff and he was a wool trader and he had all these different jobs. And what I find really annoying, and again, I, I already said this on the podcast, but there is like this big talking point that people will parrot like totally blindly from Stratfordianism that like smart people, like somebody that I talked to who's like a, like a Tony nominated, like very successful playwright. And she was like, well, but you know, he wrote so in depth about um, like gloves. He had Glover's son, and so I was like curious about that kind of so I like investigated it, and literally you'll hear that all the time. Like, it had to be Glover's son. How else would you know so much about gloves? And I can like, if we want to pause, I can pull up the two quotes. Literally, it's two quotes. One I know, I saw the TikTok. Oh, you saw the TikTok. Well, and so it's like well, the fact that people are using that, and like smart people or people who think that they're educated are saying he had to have been a Glover's son because he once made reference to chevron leather being stretchy, and you can use chevron leather, yeah. and it's a metaphor about somebody being the, too also and like the other thing being like somebody making a joke about somebody's beard looking like like a Glover's paring knife and like those two things yeah. like wow that guy just had to have been a Glover's son and ignoring yeah. the fact that like literally oh, he's talking yeah. about like basically the equivalent of like the F train schedule in Verona when like yeah yeah like it's it's a it's a totally a historical viewpoint because people don't wear gloves now so you don't think of you think of gloves as like specialized knowledge these people were wearing gloves totally like and he's day. not even he's barely even referencing they gloves not? compared to like literally like 200 okay sorry i know we're getting into this thing like and you would go to a you don't buy gloves at the store no, like you go to a glovers workshop to he spent, like millions like, of dollars buy. on gatkas and clothes and, and schmatas and rags and he was like all about interacting with like he was very he was a connoisseur yeah. of clothing like he was a connoisseur of everything he was a connoisseur of life um, but I uh, no the only reason the I class, bring up the, the glove stuff. thing is just because uh, I don't know I, I like you know whatever like he had many occupations but like I just like see like John Shakespeare as like the like uh, 16th century equivalent of like my dad more or less in terms of like class position and like uh, well I think Ben Johnson well and not, no but that's another ish, issue with the class situation is that Americans tend to have a much more flattering uh, image of um uh sort of early modernity and uh the distribution of like literacy and everything because american colonial society was like the most shockingly literate society of, right. of like no. all time like uh, yeah americans can think back to john adams in a fucking like farmhouse learning right. latin um the same traditions did not exist in england which was a bum fuck Right. Hole. No. Edward, and, and, for the most part, especially in no. rural areas, <laughs> and still as it remains. And go to England sometime today and see if you see if you. Will of Stratford. His his parents were illiterate. His children were illiterate. His brother was illiterate, and he himself, like as the eldest son, like he would be not the one to go to school. You know, he'd be the one helping his father with like, like literally delivering like carts full of stones and fill dirt and things. So it's like. All of these things, like you can say that the greatest playwright of all time comes from this humble background, but then wouldn't he educate his kids 
like you know what I mean or you can mm-hmm. see the greatest playwright didn't educate his kids and was also like literally pushing a part of stones to build a wall at the time when he was selling it as a time when he was supposedly making his like living with plays even though none of them were registered under his name in the station register before 1610 but then that guy also is like it just doesn't add up like he was clearly an illiterate person so and it's not a novel mm-hmm. that was normal like it's like the weird yeah. take is to be like yeah well actually you're dumb if you don't think that this guy who's parents and children and brother were illiterate and was literally pushing their parts with like stones delivering them in Stratford upon Avon was actually the greatest playwright in the history of English like that's the weird mm-hmm. take and again yeah and again I touch upon this in my little essay uh, but that's the less classist position right. to take is to not be so blind to you know the realities of class differences that you think can believe this totally pie-in-the-sky fucking narrative. It's like the, I mean, it's a- akin to the, like, you know, 90s, the, like, quote-unquote racism of the 90s, like, uh, neoliberal, like, I don't see race. Right, kind of. no, it's... Yeah, no, it, like, re- it like, reifies, like, the idea of, like, a meritocracy where it's like, oh, if you're just, like, a guy that, like, you know, shovels shit and, and like, you know the ass part of England. That, like, like, if, if anything, just, it's like, like what, that a, what a tragedy that Will of Stratford, what a tragedy that Will of Stratford wasn't given the opportunities that... Right, uh, and it's like, okay, so how are you, you know, like, like, literally referencing Beowulf in your works when, like, there's one copy of Beowulf in the entire fucking country and it's in the custody of, like, Edward Devere's father-in-law's, like, library. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> this idea, what, are you Googling it? Like, you on Reddit? Like, no, it's like, that's that's totally ahistorical. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, though, because I don't want to come off as, like, some, like, ranting, like, anti... Like, Ben Johnson, whose father was a bricklayer, and he was actually, like, the kind of working-class, like, bootstraps hero, I think he's really undersung as, like, the kind of... Um, like, he, he is who people think that William Shakespeare was, actually. Like, he was a guy who was just, like, earthy. And if you look at their works, right, like, Shakespeare's works are famously, and Walt Whitman talks about this a lot, like, it's all about earls and aristocrats and court dealings, whereas Ben Jonson's most famous work, The Alchemist, is awesome and it's hysterical, and it actually stars servants who are in London whose master has gone out of town, and they're, like, basically hustlers, and they're taking advantage of people by using their wiles and their wits, and, like, not that you have to have that perspective if you're from that background, but it's like people will say, oh, how did like literally people say the dumbest shit. They're like, well, how did Shakespeare know exactly like these amazing portrayals of common people? I'm like, he did really like I feel like all of the servants in Shakespeare are like speaking in like dog roll, like malapropisms and are like basically caricatures of servants. Like, you know, what I mean? like that stuff like, yeah. shines like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like everyone is in the aristocracy in, in those plays, which has been remarked upon for centuries. Okay, I actually need to go pee. I'm sorry. No worries. Okay. Yeah, but I, I mean, I do really, you know, again, being like uh, n- not as informed and not as invested in this question, you know, with that caveat, um, it does really seem like a uh, disservice, if anything, to uh, the realities of. Uh, this class situation, which is why, and the fact that we have like a uh, dirtbag leftist coming at us now for being, I mean, I guess they would come at us for uh, fucking like whatever. Curtis was there, Matt Forney was there, and I guess that makes us like bad <laughs> guys. But, um, yeah, we should get back. But, but to be attacking, but to be attacking Oxfordianism on, on the grounds that it's classist is really, uh, I think just shows like a, 
Again. Lack of yeah, I mean, depth. it definitely can be, but it needn't necessarily be. No, and like Mark Twain, who wrote an entire book about Oxfordianism, worked as like a riverboat captain or something, worked on a riverboat, and Helen Keller, who was a commie, well, or Helen Keller, whoever was writing her correspondence, was, you know, it's like, or now. Yeah, the, for the Helen Keller wasn't, it was fake ball, we'll describe right. <laughs> that. Whoever was, whoever was writing as Helen Keller was, was a devout anti-Stratfordian, and Malcolm X was an anti-Stratfordian. So, you know, <laughs> famous classists, Helen Keller and Malcolm X, you know, Walt Whitman, Ralph Waldo Emerson, it's like, it's totally ridiculous to say that that's like, the, look, like that's, I don't know. People are people are gonna say what they're gonna say, and if they won't argue with you, then they'll just throw labels. So, but like, yeah. Again, obviously, like for me, it's just like these astonishing revelations of like what, like again. I'm sorry. I feel like we should talk more about the ball and like Twitter drama and less about like me obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's hard not to get into it, but I guess that's okay. Yeah, I just want to feel like I'm doing due diligence and like not just like letting stuff lie there if I actually have like a thing about Oxfordism, but I'm also happy to just like Uh dish about the party because there's plenty to dish about. We have to address all the accusations. Well, yes. No, I guess one of which was that we're classes. I mean, like, the funniest thing is, like, that everyone thinks, like, oh, wow, I can't believe, like, Dark Lord Peter Thiel did, you know, how did he pull this off? And it's, like, Dark yeah, Lord man. Peter Thiel is literally just, First like, of all, I wish. For, first of all, if we had Thiel money, I'd be on here bragging about yeah. it. If we had Thiel money, we would have right gotten, the t- like, the $10,000 palatial four-story venue with the garden. If it, if we had teal money, it would have been the uh, it would have been the Devere Festival, and it would have been, a, would week have been a week long. long. Like we know how like. well, well we know how to use some fucking teal money if we're gonna be yeah. given it. But you know this was I, first of, of all, like it just shows that it's a proof of concept. And first of all, it really shows that like you're the rube if you look at like a nice <laughs> room with like a cheese like, plate <laughs> and think that it's like an. <laughs> Un, yeah, an un, unimaginable, uh, you know, luxurious. Yeah, like a guy wearing Crocs sitting on like a. We hired a luthier for one hour of the four. Hours. You know, like we, we cheaped out and hired the luthier for one hour instead of and and got our friends we to bartend. Guys. Like, like we, I mean, yeah, like we can admit that. Yeah, yeah, it was nice and it was a great plastic wear. Really I mean, no thank God we didn't have glass. It was a mess of glass. Yeah. No, I, pe- well, and also, yeah, people are very impressed if you throw a party for them. We were very, like, we were really wringing our hands for a minute there over, like, are we going to give people, like, a show that they want to, you know, that, that, they'll, that they'll think is yeah. worth it was kind of a totally. concern for my, uh, for me, and, um, and it totally ended no, up worth it. Yeah, like, you know, okay. it's, uh, but people, people were thril- thrilled. People said, oh, we're going to pay more for the more next time, so. Noted. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we talk about like the. Line. Yeah, we were we were like. Well, so can we turn? Funny. It's like I feel like people were like looking at the. It's a nice room, but it's a nice room wait, because wait, we have taste. A, did you just it get a message from Peter Thiel? more expensive. Oh yeah, Peter Thiel said, "Make sure that we plug Palantir on the pod." So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, cut yeah. to it during commercial. Palantir, it's great. <laughs> what does it do? <laughs> what do they do? The crypto, I think. <laughs> and also, also, I mean, say what, the only thing differing us from the Urban parties was that this was run by girls and not boys, mm-hmm. I will say that. Because this, no offense to the Urban people, oh, I love whatever your, your computer thing is, but um, 
<laughs> but but this blew those parties out of the, that like weird week of parties has blew them out of the water and I, they might have spent more no, but totally. you know if you have girls you know arranging their little flowers and herbs you know correctly then oh, it like, you can do so a lot with a little crazy good in there that, that was the best <laughs> thank you yeah seen. it was so beautiful no I thank you thank you yeah it was like larissa and you and it was gorgeous I guess like it's funny because it's like I'm trying to project myself into the mindset of somebody who's like mad at the pictures of the party and I feel like like I'm like okay what are they thinking like happened at the party because here's the thing I'll be real I'm like a person if people who come to the party were like posting me like that was so lame and sucked you know that would bum me out like if like transition was like dunking on us and saying that it <laughs> like oh yeah no i mean that's that's really sustained me through the thing is that yeah, everybody, everybody who went was like was gassing us the fuck up they were like when's the next one thank you notes from people being yeah. like this was like the most magical evening like i hope you do another one it was so special so it's like that's the thing that like insulates me against the negativities like people like literally have no idea so it's like people seem to think that like we had this party and a bunch of people showed up and like stared at their phones and like snorted cocaine off their phones and were like the Pope, the Pope mm-hmm. wrote Shakespeare and then like Curtis Jarvin like fucked a, fucked a goat and then like we went home or like it was the worst party <laughs> of all time. and it's like that's so the opposite of the truth like it was like it was like a totally yeah. funky, fun warm evening where like an, a distinguished elderly gentleman like read sonnets to a rapt audience of well dressed young people. And like we had like da- John Dowland music, aka Edward Devere, but we didn't we don't need to get into that. Like form. It was actually the most I've been to a lot of yeah. readings. And that and that wasn't a full blown reading, it was more of a remarks kind of thing. I get that, but like that was the most a- attention and respect that I've seen from a crowd ever, at a reading ever. ever. No, I know people were so earnestly engaged. Like people were really wanting to like learn something and like elevate. Like if anything, if I were to do it again. I think I maybe underestimated like the amount of like knowledge that people would have been like receptive to. Like I was like a little bit trying to like, yeah, like keep it moving, keep it moving. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't want people to be like talking over Hank Whittemore or like bored or disengaged. It seemed like there was no risk of that. Like as long as you were like funny yeah. and humorous and like engaging as talking about like, you know, stuff. Like, I think people really wanted to learn something. Like people took the books home. We had like no books left. We had no books left. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's such a win. So yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I've been thinking about on these same themes like the last couple of days. Uh, I think that like people who don't go to parties <laughs> think that parties are like um, are like uh, boogie nights or like train spotting <laughs> or something that it's like a bunch of like shallow like drug right. addicts and degeneracy and that there's no like genuine human connection and it's like. Uh, from just from like a purely like whatever goofy like evo psych like anthropological standpoint it's like that can't be what parties are inherently like like a pe- people come together to like be together no, <laughs> you know so it, warm. if you if you if you have like an inherently pessimistic viewpoint on like people in communion with one another ultimately like that i don't know that reflects on you and and I'm not saying that there aren't shallow parties in no, New York there City, but like, but like you you see a photo of a party and like that's your assumption. It, 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 again, I think it says more about you than the people at the party. That's what like, I was like. I really want like my goals, like my intentions going into it were like I want to like you know blow up Edward Devere. I hope that like people here like make, everyone here makes a new friend. I hope everyone like you know somebody gets like laid, somebody gets like a, a job promotion, and I think all those things happen. 
like literally like from from my, my yeah I, statistically no, and, like, must also, have, yeah. like just from like my inside tea like i think i think like my goals my objectives oh. were uh so mm-hmm. yeah um should we like shout out anna and dasha oh. i just yeah i would love to see anna, anna and you know. dasha are my like oxfordian hot girl summers girls of the summer they were so gracious and kind they like were so supportive I feel like everybody was like talking about how nice they were like because I would totally forgive them if because everybody wants a piece of them and they're so famous and everybody's like creeping around them all the time they were like a little bit guarded and aloof they were so sweet everybody enjoyed talking to them they looked stunning and beautiful and I just want to say like thank you so much to these like strong beautiful smart intellectually courageous like awesome women who built a media empire and are being generous about sharing their platform like i couldn't be more grateful to how kind they were and how gracious they were and like they saved the fucking like they saved the event like you know what i mean like anna tweeting out hank whittemore's books and like retweeting the dean i'm like what an amazing thing yeah i mean i would have let's give ourselves credit and say that it would have been uh definitely a vibe without them you know but but no, they were one. They were wonderful. It was, thanks for the shout out. Um, and and it really goes to show, just us getting a taste of it this week, what it's like to just be getting constant totally. hate and and vitriol. Totally. And, uh, no, I have so from, much respect for like like what it must be like to be in that like maelstrom storm all the time and to like just keep doing your thing and like respond to what you think is cool and like you know your head high like yeah. It, it's that's like so much like yeah so. Thank you to them and kudos and like hell yeah. And uh, and everybody and yeah. you know Jack as well. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. You know Curtis. Totally. No. What do you, what do you guys? What did, Phoebe? What did you think of Matt Forney? I didn't interact with Matt Forney. I still don't know who oh, he really? is. I, don't know <laughs> t- I hope no one tells me. I think it's funny when people. He's. he's oh yeah. No. He's delightful. He's a. Del- I want to say to Jack. If Jack's listening, Jack did great. Jack was like totally game and and like did his thing and it was wonderful like and thank you for mentioning me on red scare that's awesome and thank you jack and um nice yeah. to, nice collaborating with all of you guys uh, matt forney i like when you like somebody keeps looked at the photo and was like is like is that who i think it is and then you retweeted and you're like yes that is nick Dolinger. and i like <laughs> and i like people seem to think that you're wearing a pirate shirt and they're like why is matt forney talking to a pirate <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, 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 uh, Matt Forney stayed with me for a couple days after that, and I honestly, like, you know, he's a very, wow. he's a very, he's a very strange guy in many ways, but I found him, like, totally charming and delightful. Um, he, he endeared himself to me, uh, and he especially endeared himself to me because Sadie kept calling him Gru from, as in the Despicable Me character, and, um, he had a, he had a good sense of humor about that, so I, you know, I'll no, he has a great that. sense of humor about himself, like, uh, you know, I, I've learned that from uh, just like getting to know him casually over the last couple of days, but um, but yeah, no, I no turned out to be like. But yeah, that was a big that that turned out to be like a bit of a provocation. His presence specifically, right? Or, in like photo in the photos specifically. specifically, people yeah. who noticed. And it's like whatever. Like he's yeah. like a guy who used to say edgy things who has like an old lit press now. Like right. <laughs> like yeah, like I'm I'm like frankly like uh, the guy is a major independent press like yeah we invited him like you know like sorry he's part of the culture like yeah, yeah. um no and oh this was like again like people on their best behavior like citizen who you know stole my heart and left town but we're happy for him <laughs> he was like such a perfect angel and he was like 
like he was the only person like nobody was on their phone which was great but people weren't posting about the party as it was happening and then i saw like he was tweeting like he was like tweeting like trying to glow up the party like trying to like post about it which was so nice and he literally goes just took ecstasy and then he replies to that tweet like at the edward devere truth or rave and i was like oh like, <laughs> he's trying to like boost the party so that was uh-huh. sweet. so it's like i don't know it was it just felt like everyone was really like being so supportive and yeah just you know so i don't know it felt like very sincere to me like it felt like this is literally like you're like the very opposite of like a social climber you know i'm, I'm just like way to the bottom i mean I'm, the, I'm definitely the opposite of a social climber yeah like yeah like, you know, it's more of a shoot more of a shoot than a ladder <laughs> no interest in like the, the fame or like the um <laughs> you know any of like the trappings are like going to like clandestino so you no. know, yeah. literary critics can be like rude to you. You know, like you're Gross. just like liter- clandestino is just for us losers anyway. Yeah. Now. I've still never been. In- it's, yeah. not, it's not 2016. Yeah. But, um, you know? but no, it's just like you know you it's don't like, uh, have any interest in that. It's just like purely a matter of like following this like hobby horse, and it's like a total labor of love. And it's like, and yeah, it's, you're just like you're you know you, I've I've seen the Dark Lord Peter Thiel, and he's actually like a, a like a, a neurotic Jew, a Jewish theater girl, you know. <laughs> like oh right, oh you're the, you're the Dark Lord yeah. Peter Thiel, and like you're right. literally just like so enthusiastic about like this thing, and like uh, you know conjured it with with all the power that you had, and thank you. And Look, I think that's delightful. I'm just like people. I think. Look, I hope people get the name recognition of Edward Devere. I hope. Like, and here's the thing. Like, some people. I've been. You know, some people who are in the Oxfordian community seem to have been offended in in some respect and don't feel that throwing a notorious party is in keeping with the uh, spirit of Edward Devere. Spirit which of is weird. the <laughs> aristocrat who all he did was party. Exactly, with like crazy people mm-hmm. for sure. But you know, and really, oh, like you're making like. Oxfordian is a joke and I'm like first of all like Oxfordian like where you been bro like first of all like on a literal level like it's not like like there are people who like Oxfordians like spend their entire like decades of their careers being disregarded as total jokes and ignored like fucking Alexander Waugh hero is like always trying to like bribe Stratfordians to debate him and they won't even fight so it's like you know what I mean it's like it's not like Oxfordianism is like doing mm-hmm. so great and now we're like besmirching it's like upstanding reputation in the academic or global community like first of all but then even like I'm sorry but like ludibrium right like world historical comedy like Oxfordianism is literally derived from a literal joke you know what I mean like like Shakespeare William Shakespeare is let's go Brandon yeah. like the Ben Johnson, like it's like it, it is a joke. It's like it is for the worthy. It is the signal and the noise. And if you're willing to like take a closer look at this like weird etching of like a guy with a huge head and you know two left arms in this engraving on the portfolio, it should be like, is there something here? Like, am I like interested enough to like take the bait? And so like again, like weirdly like you know Edward Devere like erased was erased from history. Like if I if I go down as a villain. If I go down as a, a villain through the worst, most cringe party ever, and it gives a boost to people. Well, well, it's cringe and bad, but it's also like oh, uh, also attention too good of a party because like the people are like too hot or like shallow right. in some and way. Right, it's like it's just about uh, social media clout, and it's just about building a fandom. All it's like all of these yeah. bad things, horrible, terrible things at once. Like again, like if I'm the villain. 
And that's what it takes to get people to like talk about Edward DeVere. And like, if I like convert some people to Oxfordianism, like that is a price that I am more than willing to pay. And I was actually thinking a lot, you guys remember the book Frindle? What? Frindle? Frindle? Nobody knows Frindle? Oh. Yeah, of course. Of course, that. in a classic, an anti-teacher <laughs> classic, of course I, know, I recall Frindle. Yeah, no. Yeah. Frindle. So it's like, I think it's like a Lewis Sackhar novel that I read when I was like a kid. Probably dates to like the 80s. I, I have to look it up, but basically like yeah, 70s or 80s. Right. And it's like about these kids in school and they want to get a new word in the dictionary and they want to get Frindle as the word for pen and they want it to be in the dictionary. So they're trying to meme Frindle into being like a word for pen to the point that it's in the dictionary. And then they have this teacher who's like this stick up, like, harass teacher, like Miss Stranger, bitch. bitch. And she's like, I'll never forget how much of a well, bitch she listen, was. So she like hates on them and hates on them. And like, you know, is like, and so there are all these newspaper articles about how she's like, they're having like counter protests and the PTA is getting involved. And it's like this teacher won't let these kids innovate and blah, blah, blah. And then the epilogue, I'm literally getting chills right now. Literally the epilogue is that she's <laughs> given them a letter to read years later. And they like read this letter and in it, she's saying every story needs a villain. I was rooting for you kids the whole time. I wanted you to have your like blow up. And so I played the villain and I was like there to help you get like publicity and attention. Like I'm like, I'm welling up. Like it's just so moving. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I forgot I about the ending. So yeah, so it's like for me, I'm just like, I, I'm like, I'm shaking. I'm like, it's just so moving to me. Like this idea of like, you can fall on a sword. You can sacrifice yourself the way that like Edward DeVere did. You know what I mean? It is about it's about the art or it's about like letting kind of like the mystery of like the wheel of time keep turning. And I don't know what the fuck I bit off here. Like, I hope that it doesn't end up like blowing up and like ruining my life in some terrible way. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be. Well, the thing is what can it, you know, it's not, the most abhorrent views you can be ascribed to saying is like that you, that there's a potential classist reading of this, which again, I don't think is right. valid. Like, no, yeah, there's I guess it's just any. like, I don't know, it's like, I, I'm so inspired by the sacrifice that people in the academic community have taken on to tell the truth, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. it's real, and these people are doing, they're being crucified, like, it's like, it's interesting, it's like, you think about the role of genius, and like, how many geniuses get crucified, and we are watching, like, thank God they're not, like, literally being tortured and killed, but like, or burned at the stake, but like, I just... You know, like Hank Whittemore and Robert Krechter and Alexander Waugh and like so many more incredible people deserve more than they're getting. And, and if they've sacrificed to tell the truth and, and if I can support them in some way, I will too. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And I think, I don't know, it's like, I think the way that we sort of like, like kind of maybe dog whistled a dime squarier aesthetic than was actually what was going to be happening at the party in some way. Like, you know, I think people maybe thought that it was like more of an ironic thing or that it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, also like, I I'm rejecting heliocentrism. Like actually like, yeah. you know, Galileo's like fake. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, oh God. No, I'm it's just like, you're like total like earnestness it's about like some it. Shit yeah, I would say. Like... yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the whole, yeah, we talked about this, I think, on the space or somewhere, um, that uh, I, I guess the assumption from people is that we've uh, appropriated Oxfordianism, which, first of all, why would we appropriate Oxfordianism as if it was, like, popular know, in like, the first oh, yeah, place? Cloud chasers, uh, like, chasing at Yeah, you know, we've stolen Oxfordianism from certain uh Yeah, no, we, we just wanted to... Because it was, apparently it was their well, idea. All we yeah. wanted was to party um, with Hank and, Whittemore, like... 
Yeah, and then and uh, we reappropriated it toward like a dime square dark enlightenment totally. uh, Peter Thiel agenda. Adopted. When in fact it, the the relationship is the reverse that we yeah. <laughs> appropriated, if you will. I, you dime know, and square. I think yeah. with permission from Anna, in respect to Anna and Dasha, etc. Um, appropriated dime square uh, scene dynamics or, or aesthetic, what have you toward just promoting, you know, your hobby horse, really, yeah. which, you know... Cause celeb. Sorry, it's just an ex... Uh, yeah, it's... We, we really, like, at the bottom of it, if you really dig down, like, at the, at the end of it, it's, like, it's Edward DeVere all the way down. It is Edward DeVere like, all the way down. That is the conspiracy. Mm -hmm. The fact that there is no conspiracy. I think the, uh, the real truth about Shakespeare is the friends we made along the way. I think that is true. <laughs> it is. We band yeah. of brothers. If anything, it's uh, the opposite, and Phoebe's just been instrumentalizing all of her friendships toward her monomaniacal uh, De Beer uh, obsession, yeah. I would say. Yeah. But, yeah. I would throw any of you under the bus. Like, that's why there is, like, this, like, bizarre, like, kind of, like, uncanny, like, like just, like, weird, like, like surreal aspect to it, you know, where... Um, it's like the Edward Devere ball. Like you scratch your head, you're kind of like, "What the hell is? Why Edward Devere? Like this is like." Yeah, a, I I gotta be admitted. Like yeah. such a random thing. I gotta to, admit, right. the ball over. Like, why does this exist? And like, the truth is, it's literally just because it's your passion project. Like no, and I think I'm so bad yeah. at like I have such poor theory of mind in terms of understanding like what the haters and the losers are responding to because like for me it's the most normal thing in the world like for me I'm like obviously everybody wants to go to a Shakespeare party about Edward DeVere like this is <laughs> this is like goes without saying like of course we're throwing a ball about it whereas other people think it's like some fake like I'm trying to curry uh, is that what people think I'm trying to curry favor with Anna and Dasha by like adopting some like worked up set of set of vacantism adjacent like annoying I think that's a. I think that's the what the idea that people that's so have. So yeah. funny. Okay. I mean, which is, like like frankly, if we wanted to court Anna and Dasha, like we'd find a better <laughs> way yeah. to do it. Like we we find a more effective way to do that. Like, uh, you know, kudos to them for showing up. Thank and you. I, I, it's weird like talking about them like celebrities when they're more like a, totally. acquaintances of ours. No. But like, but I'm just um, like again. So thank you to them. Like I was just like it just meant a lot that they. Yeah, it was very nice. And, and that being said, like, not that we were courting them, but it was very nice of them to uh, shout us out you know, exactly. at the same time. Yes. And it, again, it's amazing that our friend Nick even can offer us this platform, the, the beautiful toilet, in order to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. oh, it's the, it's, Speaking of our celebrity it's friends. It's the least I can do, you know. I know I have a busy schedule. I know I haven't put out an episode <laughs> in like two months, but um. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's uh, no. I'm I'm really honored to be host to you know, to such an earnest like, uh, you know, such an earnest like recap of this very like sincere like endeavor. Um, what else did I want to address? Um, I guess just like people's bad faith is what bothers me. That you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I like did, I like, found I mean, it a little like disturbing. It's like you know, you uh, yeah, you it's like post you know pictures of like an event, and they've like predecided like that they you know hate like a few select individuals involved, and then it just like comes you know like the Borg from Star Trek, like oh I know it smelled crazy in there, like 
like as though you've never been to a party before like you know yeah seriously like well some of these people have and no, you know oh, sure like yeah, everyone's so ugly like whatever that's like not something i've been in. that's Again, not something like i've been insecure about before. since i was like 15 so like literally. no it's and, like i'm like okay like literally like i'm sure that like yeah and then the third retort you know oh like all it would take is one well-timed bomb to like you know yeah. like you know oh if only bin laden had chosen had stayed alone i mean first, first of all if you're bomb if you're getting assassinated then that means that you're important <laughs> that's right all publicity is good publicity <laughs> All publicity is good what publicity. Could be a bigger compliment um, than an assassination. No, imagine, imagine the time, imagine no, the timeline if like every one of the Devere ball got assassinated. Like, <laughs> it would be desolate. That, that would be like the. That's that would the be event. Like the most memeable moment of like the century. I don't well, know. I hope that doesn't happen. No. No, of course. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather Wink. like you know cherish my time left before I squander it in the Azov Battalion, Foreign Legion, rather than uh, uh, you know it, it ended all over like some like petty like uh, internet enmity. But like, no, it's like imagine trying to explain this to somebody normal. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to? Like, I've tried. Like I've literally, like I want to tell my mom, like mom, like you know, I I just like did something last weekend, but I literally could not explain to you. It's like, oh yeah, I got yeah, I, I like. And people are really mad I, I, about I brought, it. And people are real mad about I brought, it. I brought the perfume nationalist and Gracie transition to the Edward De Vere Shakespeare authorship party. It like trust me, it was cool. Like no, totally. I was like, no, it's like no one gets it. And like again, I've said this on the space, I think, but like. I learned so much or like my understanding of the Elizabethan court is so informed by all of the uh, shifting alliances and backstabbing and trauma and gossip and clout chasing of our Twitter sphere. So it really, it really is like a full circle kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, um, it's funny that you mentioned that. I've had the idea floating in my head for a while of writing like an 18th century epistolatory uh, sort of a, semi-erotic novel a la dangerous liaisons but as a uh, romana clef for uh, for the dime square slash slash devere ball scene i've had the idea floating in my head for a while now and i think like it's like an, a, a very uh like the solonier uh <laughs> scene or like rousseau's like milieu was uh, is like a very close analogy to this well this uh, is news to me this is exciting that makes sense oh well I, I you know it's it if i were to take it on it would take like 10 years because if you're going to do like a clarissa kind of you know thing then you have to I'd want to do a proper parody and have it be like 700 to 1500 pages. Yeah. So it, right, because that's that's yeah. That's a, that's more of an on that's more of a lifetime project than a, like some little. Uh -huh. thing that sounds that incredible. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, what else? But my only point was it is like th there are yeah. certain like periods in history. Well, people in the, about the uh, Elizabeth piece. in England, the courts and, and the salons, you know, the 18th and 19th century are I think like, it, two yeah. analogies. I think it's always the same. And then like even like I was reading recently like um, Savage Detectives like Bolaño and like how much that kind of felt similar to like their kind of like literary scene of like, you know, drifters. I mean, you know, it's like, ultimately, it's like people hanging out in rooms and writing books, totally. you know, mm -hmm. it's like, there's, there, I guess there are many, many periods that it No, but I think to, but we're yeah. going to look, I mean, I think I'm definitely going to look back on this time of my life with like massive amount of nostalgia, because it, it really has been like such a thrill getting to know you guys and like being on this wild ride, like I never felt like I was in like, like a crew, 
like it just it's like life it comes together and like there's drama and there's highs and lows but like it's just been an incredibly rewarding moving amazing life-changing friendship oh sorry yeah, i think um, <laughs> all right yeah it's like true. very true to like the spirit of edward devere too from like what like the the four things that i know about him like like that like aspect of controversy and like uh you know uh, kind of like ruffling feathers yes Hundred percent. He was. Like, you always say that he's like London. a Kanye Kanye West kind of uh, figure. Totally, totally. Um, Nick, on the on the note of the um, friends we made along the way, I don't know if you saw my tweet today, but I tweeted that uh, being a attendee of the original Epstein Truther meetings in 2019 is uh, like being a member of the Velvet Underground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I guess I was just thinking, uh, because it was, because there's many parallels to the Epstein Truther meeting, one of which being the uh, photo that was circulated, um, and then everybody was like, I know it smelled crazy in there. Mm -hmm. Do you recall that photo in the, in the park? Uh, no, um, honestly, like... Oh, there was, well, I don't know if you went to, like, the first Epstein Truther meeting, know. but there was, like, a photo taken of us, you know, we used to meet over in the... Uh, like by the Lincoln statue in the park, and there was a photo. I was actually out of frame as I was out of frame in the Devere Ball photos because I <laughs> am a sharp cookie. Um, and <laughs> and um, the, the, the photo was circulating around. The Arson Doer was in the photo, uh, and um, Dasha and Dasha's like friends. And it was like 30 people in the photo of like the first Epstein Truth meetup where there was like a ton of people mm -hmm. there. Because it was like a, oh, I want to see Dasha kind of thing. Right. Um, That's why but, I went. But it got, it got like decimated in the quote tweets where everybody was like shitting on them for like being weird looking. But again, they were all like really hot. So it didn't make sense. It was like a perfect parallel mm. to this. Having watched that play out, I, this was like very textbook to me. Mm -hmm. like, like you said, it was just one of those events where everybody goes, I know it's more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like they, they are like the Borg from Star Trek. Like it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like that would have bothered me like a couple of years ago. And like I literally just, you know. I feel like the, do you know, you kind of become inoculated to the haters and losers after a certain yeah, point. Yeah, I like, mean, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's even beyond like our circles. Like it's like a, just a sort of internet trope, like a 4chan's fashion board mm -hmm. would sometimes have meetups in certain, in Chicago or New York. Yeah. And um, there would be a photo taken at the meetup, and that would become like a. I mean, meme. I think that the thing with like the, the 4chan them. fashion like board year old it's like they're trying too hard, you know? Uh, maybe you well maybe yeah you but like say, ultimately like, ultimately like maybe you could plausibly say that like people at like the devere ball like were trying too hard like maybe that is like one of the fairer like critiques that you could lobby but it didn't feel like it like i didn't feel like anyone was like an was, i didn't feel like anyone was putting on errors you know like to no. be yeah. it was like an evening event and people you know uh D dressed like a little fancy yeah yeah you know i mean and this and this like i'm looking at this fashion me board meetup um and it's like charming but like ultimately it's like uh some 17 year old kids wearing like rick owens yeah. <laughs> you know like like oh fuck oh fuck them fuck them for being like 17 to 19 <laughs> years old and like you go you know buying like some rick owens like a you know niche avant-garde fashion brand and like uh, wearing it with their friends because they're like into it. I'm sending you guys the pic. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that one guy's like neck, I think, is photoshopped to be longer than it is, which is funny. Um, but oh, and Dylan Roof is also photoshopped. Oh, I love that. Image, I know but, that um, meme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, like, 
Well, well you, you know, oh, good for you for shitting on some people, like, d- d- being, meeting up with other people in real life and not yeah, just Yeah, of course, and, like, computer, I don't know, like... Which is, like, what it comes down to 99% I mean, I think that people should be ridiculed to some extent for, like, putting on airs, but also just, like, trying to, like, you know, better yourself or, like, fraternize with people and, like, you know, that's always very admirable. I mean, really, the ultimate putting on of airs is to, like... Act like you don't care and you're just yeah, normal. Yeah, to act like you're like... You just wear normal like clothes a, all the time. I just wear normal, like, jeans yeah, like and you're a skinny it, jeans and a t-shirt. You know, like, and, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a... I wear Converse all the time. I'm, like, like, so over, like, this thing's so stupid, but I'm also, like, obsessed with it, you know. Like, I, I talk about I it. don't have podcasters that I'd like to meet someday because I'm a fan of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm above that. Like... I don't. I don't have people on Twitter that I admire. I don't uh, want to go to a party with like like-minded people and learn about a topic that I don't know much about. That like, sounds terrible. I, I don't like a fuck. I don't like a cheese board. I don't like a, a cheese and, and charcuterie board. Like, like know your fucking line. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody likes a cheese board. Okay. Like, I don't like an open bar. Yeah. Said no yeah, one. These are like okay. very agreeable. And I had and I had San Pellegrino's all night. <laughs> I, I know. I, I should have drank more. I was so stressed. <laughs> I didn't drink at yeah. all. I was like, it was. I was so busy like putting out fires and fussing that like I sort of was like grabbing seltzer where I could, but I, I should have had it. More. You know, the bride always enjoys the wedding. The I believe I, uh, that. I had a lot of hubris going yeah. into this event. I'll be real about that. I was like, uh-huh. oh. Like, yeah. How hard could it be? I mean, you, like, you seemed like very stoic about it. Well, like. But all things considered, it, it's like giving birth. Yeah, like you didn't. You, you rise to the. No, you, you like I was like, w- like I was like worried that like I was gonna walk in and it was gonna be like there's a fire in there or something. Not that there would be a fire, but that you would like be acting like there was a fire in there or something. And you seem to be having a good time. So, I was faking it. I was totally having a meltdown. And well, you, you fake it until it. you make it. You did it. Yeah, fake yeah it you, you did a great it. job yeah, of faking yeah. it. If that's yeah. the case, because I, you know, I thought you looked oh, you looked like very like, effortless. He was like, you know, I was expecting that, like, I would show up at the party and it would be like uh, four people and Phoebe crying, but like, no, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was like people were enjoying themselves, and I was like, yeah, I got my ass, but like, no, it was like I was, I was really, I had this horrible stomach, just feeling of like. What if this all just like blows away? You know what I mean? Because I was like, all I wanted, frankly, is what we got, which was like the aftermath and the momentum. And like, you know, I wanted other people to have a good time, but I sort of knew that I would be too in my head to have a good time. And so I was just like so scared. Like, what if everyone just like leaves? What if everyone just forgets? What if this doesn't make a dent? And like something that I worked so hard to put on and like stressed over so much just like is like gone with the wind. But then I don't know. Yeah, I honestly like I'll be real. I was suffering terribly. And then what turned it around for me, frankly, was when um, Salome Pariah like wanted to spontaneously sing the John Dallin, aka Edward Devere song and, and did such a beautiful job. And I was like, this is the party that I wanted to go to. This is the party that I wanted to throw. And then I sort of, that sort of soothed me. And then I think having something mm-hmm. to do, like being able to emcee the remarks and like realizing how well that went and people were like laughing at my jokes and it felt like that was vibing and people were, behaving well then i was like okay maybe it's okay maybe it's okay maybe it's okay but yeah i felt like i was really like on eggshells like the whole night and then even in the after party like i just had this sinking feeling of failure and then even like honestly it was bad because like I, I talked to my dad the next morning and i was like just feeling kind of defeated you know what i mean because it was just like I really was like, oh yeah. totally i find I was that like, hard to believe i was like oh i mean my God, i believe no. you because you said it but like 
I like, frankly, like this is like a little embarrassing, but I was like riding home in the Uber, like a little bit misty eyed, just feeling like a, a total sense of like desolation and like, well, what was it all for? And like, did this even help Edward Devere? Like, you know, okay, was it like, was this just stupid? And like, I was like, well, that's only about- natural. Like, you know, if it's like something that you really did feel invested in and like, uh, you know, you've made it come totally. to pass no, and it's sure. all past. Like, never. Well, that's the thing. It's like, what is a party? You know what I mean? Like, what is a party? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. hanging out in a room and then like, okay, so what? You make a home and then it's just gone. You know, it's just like this very ephemeral mm-hmm. thing. But then, and so it was bad because like I was talking on the phone with like my dad and I was like, yeah, you know, it was like, it was a little, little you know, I, I wasn't giving him this like, like, cause I think I'd gone, I'd been talking about like, like, you know, party of the century, it's going to be so epic, blah, blah. And then I think I left feeling like a little foolish. Like I'd been like talking like it was going to be this big life changing thing. And then like, just like the response on the internet feels like it's gone so crazy viral. And frankly, it was like, for me, I think the reason that I'm like simping so hard, like embarrassingly hard for like Anna and Dasha is because when I saw that Anna, when, when Joe, when you texted me that Anna had tweeted out Hank Whittemore's books, I was like, it was like a hallelujah moment. Like I can't even describe it. I was like, oh my God, like it lives on. Like we did it. Like Oxfording is in like achieved. Like it was just so emotional for me. And I felt like rescued kind of by like the aftermath and by the fact that there was like documentation and records of it. So that really like, bolstered my spirits and now I couldn't be happier like now it feels like we everything we yeah. set out to them so yeah I mean you know what uh Anna and Dasha like whatever people talk shit people say that they're bitches whatever which I've never personally experienced but as Jesus said like you can tell a tree by mm-hmm. its fruits mm-hmm. and them and Jack and everybody that ended up actually being involved in this um were so incredibly like gracious and kind and totally uh went uh, beyond their uh, what they were called for by their station because they could have been like oh i'm too busy for this fuck you you know whatever or i just want to go to the party and have the free booze and you know go home and not do shit and they were just like i mean the total class acts you know like (laughs) i you know just like really and if Larissa, and I think also, like, I think the other person I, I maybe haven't thanked enough is like Larissa, who, oh my oh, God, yeah. like you guys don't even know, like frankly, like when you said I was being stoic, like Larissa took so much shit and drama from me the week of, of just me like being like absolutely like over the toilet nervous and just like beside myself, like so worried. And she was so there for me and it's just such an incredible friend and so supportive and kind and amazing and wonderful. So thank you to Larissa if you're listening. Um, couldn't not, could not have done it without her on any level. Like, and it really made me think of like the whole like behind every whatever is a whatever. It was like, it took such a village to make this happen. And, and... it was, it was a real girl power yeah. moment. It was like a birth. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a midwife and doula assisted uh, totally. birth of, you know, women. It was like the, uh, you know, I've never seen Midsommar, actually, but it's like the scene in Midsommar where they're all like groaning and crying on each other. Yeah, no, it was definitely exactly like that with no, no, no difference. No, no No analogy. analogy. It was literally a lot of women crying and groaning, at least in my case. I had such a fucked up night before because I I have like insomnia periodically, like when I'm anxious. It's it's something that really Mm. holds me back. Like it's it's like makes it hard for me to kind Mm -hmm. of function and like... um, I uh, was so anxious that I wasn't going to sleep the night before because I hadn't slept well the night before the night before. And I did something stupid. And so I took a microdose of shrooms and then I like combined it with this like expired <laughs> unisom. And I woke up like an hour later mm. with the worst vertigo I've ever experienced in my life. And it didn't go away for hours. And so I was like over the toilet, like feeling like I was going to throw up and like the room was just like spinning and I was like crashing into like the wall of my apartment. <laughs> and so... <laughs> All things considered, like, 
that's the thing. It's like sometimes you just got to like tough it out and get through it and other people are going to have fun. And like, and that was the thing. It's like people kept checking in with me throughout the night because I think people could see that I just looked like, like, it's like totally falling apart. Some times. <laughs> and, and like people could be like, this is going so, like Joe, you were like, this is going so well. Or it was like, people, like, people are having an amazing time. It's going so well. And all I could see in front of my eyes. Honestly, it's like kind of full circle because it's sort of like all the people that are hating on the photos and it's like they can't see a beautiful party. They see what they want to see. And it was like I couldn't see like a wonderful success. Mm -hmm. All I could see was like projections of my own failures and insecurities. But like, again, at the end of the day, like the mandate of heaven spoke and like what was real and happened was real and happened. And hopefully now you only have the good memories. That's what was so funny is like the retcon of like looking at the photos was actually like this really like feeling like art therapy moment for me because it erased my traumatic memories of suffering and replaced them with photogenic memories of like fun and friends and I was like wow we had such a great time like or just even like realizing and having evidence to be like wow they were having so much fun or like look how great they looked that they met mm -hmm. and had this wonderful conversation and it just brought me so much joy looking at the photos. Mm -hmm. You know uh, speaking of the snack okay. table when somebody quote tweeted the snack table and was like wow the snack table looks like shit that's when i was like these uh, i mean i'm not offended but these people i do not see what's no. in front of their faces i'm first of all philistine secondly fucking bad faith fucking like you would have said that to any snack table i i was i was you know it's not offensive to me because i have eyes and i have like advanced enough aesthetic <laughs> sensibility uh, you know at a 10 year old level i can tell that that's a good enough snack table okay yeah. not a no, good enough like snack table a good fucking a snack table they would look at like, like the taj mahal and be like you know it smells crazy in there like these people are yeah. like they have no <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like i was like like this is where it t takes like my suspension of disbelief has now completely dissipated like i cannot take any of the comments about people's looks or anything uh -huh. Seriously, if you're gonna call that, if if you're gonna come for that snack table, <laughs> no, yeah, no, then, and like, look, and I think then it's simply anybody who is critiquing anybody else's looks on the internet, like, you can just assume that they're like deeply, deeply insecure and sad, and it's like a cry for help, and like this is the most pathetic, insecure, low status. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, been a I face mean, fag like, from like, square like one. Cliche. Like, I, you know, I I do everything under my real name, real face, whatever. Like, and I yeah. just like. Your, your criticism is like fucking invalid if you like <laughs> if you have anything to say about me and like y you're just like y you know a, a, a void you know <laughs> like i mean you really like it's it's like cliche to say that you know the haters are just like bitter losers but it is like one of those cliches that invariably like turns out to be true. It kind of reminds me of when I was in high school and I could never get any, like I didn't have a date to the prom ever. I asked, I asked boys to go with me to the prom. I like stooped down to that level and still didn't get mm. a date to the prom. Like I didn't, I never had a, I had a boyfriend for like, you know, six weeks and then I never had a boyfriend again. You know, I didn't have my first kiss till I was 16, whatever. And my parents would always say like, well, boys are just intimidated by you. And I, I can was like, that. oh, yeah, no, no, no. And I was like, I was like, that's nice, mom. Like, you're full of shit and I'm like an ugly daughter, Aww. you know, and this is like, that's the cope. I mean, but that was like, obviously that would be the cope that you would tell your ugly daughter is that boys are just intimidated <laughs> by you. However, looking back and looking back at photos of myself and, you know, trying to be an objective observer, I'm like, oh, 
probably teenage boys were a bit intimidated by me and like yeah couldn't couldn't like handle Same. my vibe i, I feel like um, i relate yeah i relate <laughs> you know and and uh and my reception by the male gender since then has sort of validated that uh claim i think um and this was not like a rant to go on about how hot i am but it just said like those, those cliche those sorts of cliches that are also cope are also like true for, for sure reason. and i'm glad you went on the rant and like because if you didn't i was absolutely gonna go on a rant about how hot joe is and also how hot sadie is because like that is a oh thank you i'll These, thank like, you for saying some tall blonde like goddesses like I just, yeah. <laughs> um no, I, yeah, yeah Sadie's I mean, a I'll real. I'll say this, like, even, yeah. like, from the other side of it, because I feel like the beautiful toilet has definitely heard enough of my, like, whining about being a loser in, in grade school for at least for enough episodes for forever. Like, speaking as somebody who's been, like, a hater and jealous, you know what I mean? Like, like whenever I've been the most, like, fixated on, like, oh, fuck that, sucks, like, boo, because it's been mm-hmm. this scarcity mindset of, like, me feeling like I'm not going to get what I need out of life and me feeling like success is always going to go to other people and I'm always going to be left behind. And like, you know, I, I say this, like a big lesson for me, like a journey of my twenties is like, I feel like when I graduated from college, like I would see like a movie or like a, a play and I'd be like, Oh, that sucks. Like I could do better. Anyone could do that. Blah, blah. And now like, that I'm, like older mm-hmm. and like wiser and humbled by the world. I like watch like a Clorox commercial on TV and I'm like, Oh my God, they did it. Like, it's just like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe it. You did the thing. You fucking did the thing. Like, because it's like you see how hard it is to make anything happen and how much it costs you. And like, even frankly, how hard it is to throw a fucking party with a cheese plate. Like, almost killed me for real. Like, so it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you have to respect people. Like, it's like, it's not to be in like the super like fash, like, you know, Chad Virgin, because I don't subscribe to that because like I'm an underdog at heart and like earnest theater kid sensitive. Like, I don't think that it's like anyone who's successful. Is like the coolest and the best and it's like the free market deciding that like the best pop star in the world is blah blah like i think that's bullshit and cope and it's not real but mm-hmm. i think that people would find a lot more peace and i have found a lot of peace in my life like just trying to when i feel jealous of somebody or bitter or resentful it's like using that as an exciting opportunity to identify what it is that you want and like manifesting it you know what i mean like make like being like okay i'm jealous of these people because they're at a cool party or a stupid, lame, dumb party, but people are acting like it's cool and that makes me so mad. Okay, throw your own fucking party. It sounds like you want to have your own party, you know? And so, like, mm-hmm. there's a way to turn, like, that bitterness and that jealousy and that envy into something really positive and constructive. So that's my hope for the losers. Yeah. I think, like, um, I don't know. Everything, like, happening as it did after, like, the uh, Dime Square humiliation ritual. <laughs> um, which, again, like, everyone's already forgotten about, which is, like, what's so crazy. But as we're saying. Yeah, I mean, no, these things really are a flash in the pan, but, like, it's just, um, I don't know, it just, like, made me think, you know, I, I, I don't like McCrumps, I think he's, like, a bad person or whatever, but, like, I, I, I do kind of get, like, that, like, I don't know if it's, like, discussed with, like, the brazen, like, clout chasing or, like, kind of, like, you know, group think or, like, the ritual cruelty, like, even though, like, I am, like, one of the edgelords at heart, you know, I'm, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm the edge lord. I want to you know say the inappropriate thing and not and I don't know if I want to. I don't want to be held accountable for it. Like I, you know, I try to bear those consequences as much as possible. But it's like no, you want to be held accountable a little too much. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, but uh, um, but you know, like I just like kind of get that sense too, where there are definitely things that 
ruffle me the wrong way about like the so-called downtown scene and like individuals that I think are like just being creepy and like chasing clout in a very disingenuous way. And uh, I don't know, but this to me felt like so wholesome and like really, you know, without without affectation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that clout chaser is kind of a can strike me as derogatory toward people who like earnestly have uh, people that they admire. Of course, yeah, that's the other that aspect they want of it. To, like, no, but like, like I'm saying, like I, I mean, you know, right, and like, you know, you know the difference period. when you see it, like you know, you, you know the difference when you see it because, like, I, yeah, you sure. know, I just like I like Anna and Dasha, like you know, like I'm of course I want to talk to. And them. maybe I'm only blind to this because I'm actually an inveterate clout chaser. Always have, but no, you know, yeah. when there's like people that really like, I, I, I feel like I've seen the difference with like people that are just like very upfront about who they admire and who they, you know aspire to if not befriend then like be Look, like friendly with and like talk to and then like people that really do just like have like very cynical like craven motivations and i think that those are both like real things and like uh and you know i totally get it like i sure. think that like clandestino these days has really like bad juju for that reason like because it, it's not people that want to be like like open up and be kind half the time half the time you know they want to um be above it all and i don't know yeah. i i really i value like openness and like charity and like non-judgment or whatever so that's like that's part of what i admire about this is that it really wasn't you know it didn't have any like it really didn't have any of those affectations also i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'll be right back you guys keep talking okay I will also, okay. I think it's, I, I'm honestly, I'm glad you guys like, like the idea that like maybe it's like a derogatory way of discount behavior that's sometimes like pro-social and beneficial and like obviously like, yeah, has like negative uh, manifestations, but like, hey, like, no, like, we're you know, it strikes me like for real and it obviously changed my life hugely. Like I went to the like NPC yeah. Fest party like in October or whatever of last year and mm -hmm. I remember like actually I went with like Larissa and and also like and I was like oh is that is that Jennifer Joe oh my god like she's so pretty she's so blonde like is that her and we were like and then I was like okay we were like on that super crowded gross roof and it wasn't like and I like was like okay I want to like talk to Junker Joe and so I like out chased and like kind of broke into whatever conversation or like one could do we had like some sort of awkward exchange. I think I broke into your conversation because I was trying to get and to let nightmare vision into the building because there's oh, another serendipitous bouncer yes. uh bouncer uh oh situation God, which there always is one where the bouncer doesn't let somebody in that clearly oh, showed that in, that's that's funny i didn't know that that's who i remember that moment okay yeah no so that was whatever that was but like and then i was like oh my god that was so cool and at jumper joe and it was like and then I like DM'd you on twitter and i felt really self-conscious about it and i like pitched that we would go to that puppet museum on the in the, what is it the beginning of the city of new york oh, yeah, exhibit yeah. about like puppetry in new york city and you were like yeah whatever i'm down to see the puppets and and we went on this like awkward first date and it was like and then and like it was the beginning truly of a beautiful friendship and like you've been so generous truly. to me and like in like bringing me in contact with other wonderful friends like you nick and like yeah so it's like i clout taste my way to the top baby you know it's like no regrets well and how much of a um, conceited bitch would I have to be 
to think that because I have like 6,000 or like 5,000 followers uh, and you like in, in an incredibly like niche subset of Twitter and you like are a fan of my work that I like <laughs> that I will well, you know like, what? fuck you, you like your clout chasing you know, you know like it actually was because I remembered that you had posted earlier in the year something that was saying like hey I think I've actually like met enough friends and I'm not interested in connecting with people from Twitter thank you goodnight I was oh. no, I thought <laughs> I'm like that was a was joke, a joke? <laughs> it seemed really sincere yeah of course it was. well like you well it's all a joke it's I Twitter see. okay I've never I've never posted I've never been sincere in my life <laughs> no I don't know if that's true yeah. In any case, I mean, it, it worked out as serendipitous. I was like, I need more female friends. Honestly, it was so it worked out because I look what happened. Like, I probably need like you fewer, fewer like incel like, schizoid yeah, uh, like, friends. Yeah, female friends, and like look at that snack table. Like look at what can happen. Like literally, like give her like yeah. sangha of like women, and like it's like literally like a cult is born, a coven, whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. I mean, you know, Joe's coven. 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 Yeah. Is it a coven or a coven? Whatever you want it, it to be. It might be coven, actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, no, but in the clout, and also it just kind of strikes me as like uh, the clout chasing designation, like a thing that a popular kid would say to like shit on like lobies for like wanting to go to their party. I don't know. Like, like I, I do. I, I think that there might be some merit to it just on the level of like, and I said, you know, you, you, you know, it when you see it, when you're actually like sincerely mm. interfacing with someone because you admire them. And when you're like, you know, dismissive of anyone that you think won't like boost your status or whatever. Like that to me is like the, the meaningful I mean, distinction. It falls for me. It falls into the, um, domain uh, of uh, like shallowness and hipsterdom or whatever you know as accusations mm -hmm. um, in the sense that like like I hear you know people will complain like oh the scene is so shallow these people are you know and and I don't know if it's maybe I maybe I'm the fucking shallow one and maybe I'm the like social no I don't uh, think you are I'm just saying uh, you know, surface level. No, no, no. And I don't think that you, you I, I wouldn't never, I don't think that you're implying that I am. Um, but that, uh, but perhaps it's my own blindness to, you know, my own behavior or something. Um, but I have never, uh, it's very seldom in my life that I have like really, uh, connected with people and not found, uh, some amount of depth. In, in just like no, but it's like that openness you know, like, connection that I think is like the difference. I don't know. I'm just like the only reason why I kind of like, uh, like defend that point at all is like just because I do like meet people that they'll be like brazenly like sycophantic to like people whose names they recognize and then like just like really cruel mm. and like yeah, snobbish sure. to like people I mean, this that is they a phenomenon don't that's been, and like yeah. I don't know like yeah this like, is a so phenomenon that's been remarked values, upon so. enough to, that I believe yeah. in it yeah I mean honestly maybe it's just because I surround myself with really good like sincere uh, people of like real depth mm -hmm. and I'm just like not even used to encountering mm -hmm. That I guess maybe at the expat reading where um, Caroline Calloway was, I guess I saw that a little bit. Um, but it's like, was I seeing that or was I seeing women who were younger mm. than me? Oh, yeah. Also, talk about a flash in the pan. Because honestly, like, you feel that like you, uh, Caroline well, yeah, sure. Calloway, Kyle Brown drama seemed like the apocalypse when it happened, and now, like, literally no one remembers. Yeah. But let me just say this. 
just to be throwing out uh, random accusations with not really any grounding. Um, you fill a room with young women that are dressed pretty well and watch the hate roll in. Watch the fucking mm. hate roll in. And, y you know, maybe, yeah, maybe part of it was like Matt Forney and like Curtis Yarvin or whoever was there, but like, I don't know. Something, there was like a confluence of factors that really struck a nerve with people. And I think it may have something to do with like, Mm, I don't well, know. Um, Urban parties didn't get the same reaction. Which, which I guess they parties? didn't have the same photos, though. Oh, Urban? Yeah. No, That's so I true, mean, yeah. I, 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 am kind of a, I am kind of a feminist, you know. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. In an like, evil voice, but... But no, I believe that. Like, I totally believe that aspect Well, this of is the too. thing. I do feel that um, it's too easy right now. Like, it's astonishingly how effectively we manage to hack people's attention. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this was yeah. way too easy. Like, the, there's, there's the... Um, that was too, it was too easy, and now that we have this power in our mm -hmm. hands, you bet your ass we're going to be capitalizing on it more. Like, if it was this no, easy, totally. like, like, yeah, like, we're going to be like, doubly like the annoying. the idea of, like, okay, combination. Like, what was the combination? Like, inter like, some, like, internet celebrities that are people are, like, kind of get under people's skin, but they're also jealous of and think are hot, but makes them angry. Plus, like sort of like obscure, annoyingly baroque, kind of seemingly perhaps pretentious or affected like intellectual cause, plus like literally a mm. party. And like just the photos of it yeah. and then people went bonkers. Like it should not be this easy to- Nothing pisses people off like a party. No, it's like, like throwing, it should, like, throwing it should a cocktail not be party. This easy. Like, and again, like I think that they're gonna need to like whatever powers that be like control like the attention resources on Twitter or the media. Like again, like Anna and Dasha sneeze and like a New York Times op-ed piece is like written about it. You know what I mean? Like right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. you need to build up a stronger immunity to like gatekeep out like troublemakers and people that like because literally I wanted to mean this into happening and it was so easy it's like it should not it should not it should not have been this it easy for not us. Have been this easy. It, i feel kind of like i feel kind of like the guy um who tests the tsa agents by like bringing like being an actual like federal agent and like bringing a gun or like some cocaine through the tsa and like seeing if mm -hmm. they catch it and then like i just breezed no, right and through the fact that people, it's like you guys have to you guys should be a little yeah. more savvy no, they're like, so dumb. and the fact that people don't like, even realize that like not that i'm so machiavellian genius but like i'm a little bit of a machiavellian genius you know what I mean? <laughs> we, sure, like, we both no, are, yeah. Joe is, like, for sure um, unequivocally an un a Machiavellian genius, but, like, I was, like, I'm not. I'm, like, a Machiavellian retard. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that handle. A good <laughs> um, no, that's good. No, like, I spent, like, this summer meditating on how do I get people to meme Oxfordianism into a thing? How do I catch people's eye? And, like, you know, we had some ideas that we threw out and we were kind of going through iterative processes but like the fact that no one is even suspicious like no one has even accused us people are like oh they're just trying to get internet clout they're just trying to be famous nobody has even intuited or perceived or guessed that it could be the opposite that we could literally have figured out how to fucking annoy people and have like kind of copycatted our way into creating like an internet trend you know what i mean like nobody even puts that together yeah. so it's like yeah, like, as I was saying in the space, it's literally like the Facebook algorithmically generated videos of like women sma smashing food into their granite countertops. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, it's like you could produce this in like Russia in some like shack totally. somewhere, get a good lighting crew and then and then like, 
do it and get a 500 million i mean i guess that's pro- maybe why people think that like everything that happens is some kind of op too right because right. like right. if you could it's like an op but it's in like the opposite way like like that's so it's it's literally like that's the red herring op that has now gotten you to participate no, in I'm like, real op don't. like We'd be great in the CIA. Yeah, like honestly, like if like Peter Peter Thiel should be like like just like pursuing like weird. Shit Maybe like I this. don't know. Uh, we're not very good in an office environment, I guess. Larissa said like, no. We have like, like fatigue and anxiety. I think there are people in our circle that would be great in the CIA. I don't really count myself among them. I think I have better uses. No. I, well, I was thinking I'd be good if they could just call me for ideas every once in a while in like a consultant position. Uh-huh. But I've, if I have to like show up to the office at like nine a.m. every day, it's yeah, just gonna be a good couldn't be me. But I'm too emotional about sex, and so it just wouldn't work out. Because, like, they would be like, okay, like, you know, seduce this person. And then I would, like, do it. And then I would be, like, blowing up their phone every weekend, being like, hey, like, I have some state secrets. Like, babe, oh, do you want to yeah. meet up again? I mean, you don't have to be, like, a monarch. Yeah, you don't have to be an Operation Monarch, you know. I was thinking more of, like, an office lady, you know, that situation. But being a honeypot um, does no. appeal to me, but it's only because I wish to fall in love with my mark. Yeah, that's the whole problem, yeah. Yeah, we would be no good at the CIA. Never mind. mind. (laughs) Career path destroyed. That's uh, a Mossad agent Phoebe Near. Well, they have, like, well, they have, like, queer disabled people in the CIA now, right? I feel like we could do it. That's true. No, it's like, um, I have a theater degree and an anxiety disorder. Where do I sign up for the CIA? Thank you. Yeah. I think I've checked your boxes. (laughs) I'm ready for that. I don't don't think I could be a CIA agent. I feel like that's not the vibe for Nick, either. Mm-hmm. For different reasons. I don't think you would pass the uh, mental health checks. <laughs> Whoa. I, I'm, I'm like so, and I'm like so I said, normal. they're loose on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so normal. Every guy secretly wants to like join the Azov Battalion Foreign Legion and like be bl- rent asunder by like Russian artillery to make a statement to the e-girl yeah, that hurt the, him. The I'm just CIA the only one that's like, admi- like, that uh-huh, admits uh-huh. it, you know? Well, I'm just I the only that. one that admits it. That CIA guy is there sitting there the whole time being like, you're not supposed to say it out loud, but also I get it, you know? I guess, like, I guess I would uh-huh. just say, like, I, like... He's like, we'll, we'll let you I know. I think I just, I feel like, um, uh, I think what I've learned in terms of, like, doing an operation, if we're going to call it an op, why not just, like, lean into it? Like, for an op, it's like, you just need to take stock of what your resources are and what you have available to you and what your, like, strengths are. And so it was like, when... And put in a little bit of elbow grease. A little bit grease. of elbow grease. And so it was like good old fashioned American ingenuity. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. okay, so it's like, what do I do? Like, you know, it's like we have like some friends who are like e celebs or like strings that we can pull to like get them in the room. So that's like a really strong asset that we had at our disposal. We had a little bit of scratch to, to burn and we had like a strong concept. And I had, and I think like for me, like I think just like, again, like I think part of why it's successful, like mandate of heaven energy, or at least, again, I think so many people I think would be like, what the fuck is she talking about successful? They've been ratioed, like fucked into next Tuesday. Like this is the biggest, most embarrassing failure that anyone could ever do. Yeah. But I think that my like, like I'm bulletproof because this, this is, is how, how I, I win. win. I'm like, I'm like, delighted. You know what I mean? It's like, so what can you do to me? Cause it's like, I'm literally just like, this is great. So it's like, I think. Now you know the thrill. The thrill of being well, owned this online. Tantric, it's this ta- erotic tantric like celebration of being dance. It is very erotic, dance. yeah. Like, so and you know, a lot of the biggest um, guys who get dunked on online, I'll just about it. put this out there. I, I think they are humiliation fetishes <laughs> to some degree, yeah. That's cool. 
But, and I don't even think we are necessarily, but there is like an erotic high, yeah, that gets from being like, quote, tweeted and well, totally. yeah. Because you get to be the martyr, yeah. first of all. And you get to think to yourself, this is how I win, you know. And, and it's, I mean, and not, not to like invalidate your experience and like, because it's like not the, because other people experience no, no. it. Um, I think it's also like true. I think it's also true in that sense. Like if you get a quote tweet pile on, like there's very few situations where the, it doesn't end up being like a net good for the person who gets All publicity is good publicity. That's the power of Twitter. All publicity is good publicity. That's what it comes down to. I'll say it once and I've if said it again. To, assuming you're not in a country where you're gonna get assassinated or imprisoned, and even if you are, you're gonna come back, you're gonna a jail book. But that aside, it's like what we were saying in the space. It's like the degree to which you're able to be willing to be the heel, be willing to be dunked on, be willing to like take the public's hatred. Your bullet, like it's like great. It's infinite power. Like you can feed, like haters make us famous. Like you can feed on the energy of people just being really butthurt and that. Mm -hmm. Achieve Oxfordianism in the process. Mm -hmm. I think it is, like, a very unique approach to, like, I don't want to say power or whatever, like, it's, like, not so craven, but, like, um, I don't know, it's to, like, the, find, like, like to find, like, strength in, like, being piled on, I don't know, I view that as, like, an archetypally, like, feminine position, and I don't, mm -hmm. like, not relate to it sure. entirely, right, but, like, you know, the whole aspect of, like, being the martyr, first of all, and, like, uh, and, you know, finding strength from, and that's because, like you said, like, if you get a bunch of women in a room, like people will really like uh, unleash their id, you know, they like, uh, yeah, I'm seeing it's funny. Years, so, as you're saying this, I'm looking at like Joe's bookshelf, which has the Marquis de Sade on top of um, William Blake. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that about screws it. Yeah. Well, I haven't read that Blake anthology. I, I, I don't really know how to approach You're like, but I've Blake definitely read the Marquis de Sade. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I no longer have anyone that I can ask. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I've like, thought about this too, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we, uh, when we, kind of organized like to do this episode I was like thinking like you know that will put me under a lot of scrutiny I guess uh like and I'm a little afraid of that but, you know I live for scrutiny it's all I ever want is to piss people off online I don't know I guess I guess because some of my like Twitter idols piss people off online all mm -hmm. the time um past and present well and it, I mean like yeah, I mean, like, Jack, you know, Jack gets stumped on all the time. <laughs> and, and, and only gets stronger and stronger mm -hmm. because of it. Like, I've just seen, like, the process repeated so many times where somebody gets, like, dunked on in a way that you think is, like, this is truly an irreversibly bad situation. They will be a laughingstock <laughs> for the, until the end of time. You know, because Jack tweeted about eating McDonald's in his car. <laughs> You know, and which was a funny fucking tweet, first of all, and, and like one for the ages. And, and, and then all that happens is two weeks later, nobody remembers and they have like 200 That's more right. followers. Like, like it, there is no consequence. If you, if you mentally can take it, if you can psychically take the amount of like whatever vitriol and like hatred that's coming at you and jokes at your expense, mm -hmm. um, that's like the only limiting factor on how much like this can totally. benefit you. Yeah, the only way to like really like really eat shit if you're like uh, getting dunked on, I guess, is if it's like on the level of what's his name? Who is that like guy with the big old beard who had a cuckoldry fetish? 
Oh, Jack Murphy, that was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, if it's on that level, honestly, I think there's no coming back from that. Jack but. Murphy? Oh, I thought I thought you meant Justin Murphy for a second. I was like, Justin Murphy? No, I Murphy? feel like he's, like, the avatar um, of, like, like just, like, absorbing it and, like, trolling people and, you know, kind but of no, but just being... Yeah, thing. I'm not familiar with Jack oh, Murphy. Well, oh, yeah, he was, oh, like... I'll have to look into this. Um, I was thinking, I, I was thinking of Kurt Eichenwald with the tentacle <laughs> porn came to mind, uh, just uh, recently. I don't. Uh, do you? But but I mean, he has five hundred thousand followers, <laughs> so I don't think that. Again, I don't think that he got really negatively well, affected by that. Sorry, I. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no. The, I'm, the I'm Jack good. Murphy thing. Not to go into that whole thing, but like, I think what made him look vulnerable. It's like one thing to be like. If he'd just been like, I have a cucking fetish, nobody would have cared. But I think the problem was that he had this, like, hyper-masculine, like, you know, tint on, like, it's so, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, he felt like he had something to prove. Like, he seemed like his mm. ego was really fragile. And so then it's, like, it's not, like, this sort of, like, yeah, he just seemed like his ego was fragile. And I think that's what people were thinking on more. It was the, like, the contrast between his persona, which is, like, hyper-man, masculine man. And then this like mm -hmm. cucking fetish. No, yeah. That's what my my conspiracy theory is that uh, the cucking fetish was like an up all along, and it was because um, there was like that mass shooter that had read Jack Murphy books, right? He, well, it's, the, it's the year of the cup. He had like That's he had like he had like three yeah, like uh, victims or whatever. But they, like there was that mass shooter that read Jack Murphy books, and I just imagine Jack Murphy just being like, "Oh, they're gonna crack down on my people if I don't really really embarrass myself right now." Hmm. And I actually have. I have insight oh, on the Jack Murphy situation. Oh, really? Maybe we'll yeah. talk about that later. About what, that uh, later. Can you explain the year of the cuck? I feel like that's a... Uh, the year of the cuck? I don't, li I don't like it, but I believe in it, you know? It seems like it's real. <laughs> no, I feel like I had, like, it was like when we were doing our year, like, the year ahead, like, trend forecasts, and one of my forecasts, which is all of them came 100% true, but the one that seems to have come up, uh, especially in our online milieu, is um, the year of the cuck, which is that... I was just sort of thinking that it was like all this stuff about like polyamory and like PNM and like there was sort of like this buzzy thing about like how cool it is to be in like open relationships and then there was going to be like a backlash of that where it was going to be about like exposing like this like sort of dark underbelly of those dynamics where it's like a man being cuckolded and so then that's mm -hmm. kind of like I feel like that's come up a lot this year. Like I feel like there's been like a backlash against like polyamory thing and it's like oh you're being cuckolded that's cool bro and then like um that's oh so yours is that your year of the cuck position is actually kind of an inherently pro-monogamist uh or stance. it can be hot to be cuckolded like again like we're talking about the left -hand school of being yeah. black stocks on twitter the i do i do think like, you know we're left-handed here <laughs> yeah i do think that there's a certain nobility in the uh cucking fetish i think it's sort of a high iq uh, yes the, uh, the pleasures of the aristocracy <laughs> You know. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I think it's. I think it's uh, the opposite of bourgeois. I mean, I have like I don't know for sure. I think bourgeois like monogamy is like the, uh, whereas it's kind of a bell curve situation where um, you know pe peasant people with like robust sexualities and uh, decadent aristocrats um, enjoy these sort of like g humorous you know games of no, it's definitely a hot. And, and and also deception, fake deception. I like the f I like the false deception aspect of cucking, where you're like essentially putting on a play for mm. the other person because you're not 
you're actually intentionally cheating on them, but like you're pretending that you are. Well, I have like very little uh, sort of romantic, very little uh, appreciation for like I, I, I have like a. Pretty low disgust, like Be because you have bourgeois. No, because I think it's gonna come out. No, what if no it comes I'm just, I'm just shitting on you. In like a year of like Nick Dolinger has a huge cocking fetish. Yeah, I, I don't hold your, you know, don't hold. <laughs> he's actually no, he's the last. He's you're the one of the last people this I would suspect. I yeah, no, I have. <laughs> And I no, I have like a crime of passion fetish. If anything, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's yeah. Like, you you're the kind of guy you're the kind of guy to shoot somebody. Yeah. I speaking of, I mentioned Boogie Nights earlier. I was just watching Boogie Nights. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, either of you, but uh, there's Nick. And uh, a long time ago, like high school. Uh, there's a scene, not to give spoilers, whatever. Halfway through the movie. Um, there's like this gag of this guy always is running into his wife, like fucking another mm -hmm. guy. Um, and then halfway through the movie, um, it's the New Year's Eve party in 1980. And uh, there's like a New Year's countdown. And as he like walks in on his wife, fucking another guy. And then as the countdown starts, he grabs his pistol from his car and, uh, you know, shoots the wife and, and the cuck, cuck, uh, uh, the ball, I guess, in the bed and uh, then blows his brain out on the one of the New Year's. Wow. Was um, that, uh, wait, was that anyway, the scene where, like, it's, That like, seems like a you kind of move. That seems like something yeah, you would do. Yeah, perhaps, uh, but, um, I, I don't know. Maybe that's how That's, like, the lyrics I, 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 I have no, I, I have very little, uh, like, I, I have a pretty low disgust reaction, I think. Like, I'm, like, pretty high in openness or whatever. Like, I'm not, like, viscerally... Really? I think so. Like, really? I have, like, I'm not, I, like, I totally really, I'm not, like, viscerally repulsed by, like, sodomy or anything. Like, you know, I have, like, an abstract You're, you're repulsed by, it. for example, the, the mass. That's the true. Mass. I don't know if I th view that as, like, disgust, though. I feel no, like that's, like, different. No, but it's disgust. It's, like, well, it's, and like... You're anti and you're anti-sex toy. I'm anti-sex toy. I'm anti-mask. But that's all, like, humili... Like, no, I no, guess, no. like, anti-humiliation, like right? Like, so that no, would no, actually... No, 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 no. Oh, that's true. It's definitely anti-humiliation, but if anything, I feel like what Nick finds so offensive about the whole masking culture is because he wants to be in this, like, oozing, like, petri dish of, like, people's, like, liquids and, and like, molecules. Like, uh -huh. even, even, like, the mask with, like, this, like, Yeah, yeah so, you know, I don't want to get anything venereal, but sure, like, I'll take it. Like No, but it's, like, you're, like, wanting to live in, like, the raw, like, this, like, Italian, like, like, virile, like, Mm -hmm. anything that you know what I mean like it's like I feel like you want to be at the orgy all the time but I think that there is kind of a high disgust response uh reading of that position it, in akin to the way that like being into like vitality and health uh can lead you into for example pathological avoidance or orthorexia like seed oils and, and contamination and which is you know obviously a tendency that I right. fall into um, like I view the masks as like a disgust uh, reaction, right? Because it's like you're afraid of germs, like, and I feel like everyone should be vital and like show their face. I think it can like I think it can run both ways in that you uh, it's um, you can't be fooled by like surface aesthetic uh, aspects with these. It's it's actually very similar in that respect to the introversion extroversion uh, dichotomy, where like you know an, an online introversion extroversion test will ask you like. Would you rather read a book or go to a party? And it's like, well, what kind of party and what kind of yeah, party? yeah. You know, it, 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 you can't you can't look at no, these no everything like these are all models and like sometimes like these models it's like, relational right it's inherently relational and and so you can't that's answer true. it. But like, like to finish my point, you know, signs. I just think that like you know I'm not yeah, like sorry. easily like disgusted or whatever. And like the one thing that actually like I really have like no like emotional issue with like gay people or whatever. Like I you know 
like you can have whatever abstract mm. belief or whatever but like at the end of the day like I'm, i don't like see like a gay couple and think like ew gross like and you know mm -hmm. I, I, um you know, our, our, our dear Afrikaner friend definitely, like, does have that, like, very strongly. And I always find it really weird, like, when he, like, gets, like, really offended at things like that. Because it doesn't really occur mm -hmm. to me. But the one thing that I do really have, like, no patience for is, like, anything remotely resembling non-monogamy. Like, um... Right, because you, like, mm -hmm. Anything resembling polyamory, you know, I just feel like that that's, like, an abnegation of, like, manhood or whatever. Um, so, I don't know. I was, like, very, like, uh, the year of the cock gross like but that now that it's happening i'm like oh well it's kind of like anti-cucking too you know implicitly like it's a no it's i'm cucking. definitely it's like the year the year of like cuckoldry exposed almost and like everyone sees like the lack of dignity in that position totally. i don't know i'm when not like trying to get on my high horse it's just like no, uh no, no. whenever i tweet it out i'm always dunking on whoever it is you know what i mean it's meaning like oh mm -hmm. you got cucked loser like it's always me dunking on them uh-huh Mm. I think I yeah, guess I no, didn't realize there was so much ambiguity. I thought it was clear. Also, with that Edward said, like, uh, oh, Edward Devere kind of had a cucking fetish. That's that's what probably also why I, I added it because that's. Oh, well, fuck that! He's thing. not Shakespeare. Then I, I changed my mind. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, of course Shakespeare would have a cucking fetish because uh, I'm like because he's a great yeah. mind. <laughs> Okay, but like I, 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 once you get galaxy brained enough, you get you get into I the get most like the, uh, the um, stuff. I mean, no, you're right in the sense that like it is like very sophisticated in the same way that like pedophilia is sophisticated, you know, like yeah. I mean, unfortunately, there you could make yeah, it's yeah, like a like, humble yeah. thing. Like I don't think like a you know dumbass is usually like a pedophile, like either. Like I think that it's usually like like well, like actually, Epstein actually, uh, I think I. Th I think pedophilia, uh, low level, there is like a low level incestuous, um, abusive, like, yeah, pedophilia that's rife among like low IQ hmm. people. But, um, but then there's, but that's not the people that we usually think of as pedophiles, even though that probably makes up the majority of hmm. cases. Like, I don't know. I feel like, like it would be cope to like say that Epstein is like bourgeois. Like I don't actually think he's bourgeois. I think he has like pretty, no, no, no. I would no, no, no. no taste, I would absolutely. Like. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I would say that the majority. Mm. I, I'm not about to like pull up the statistics to back this up, but I would say that the majority of like childhood sexual abuse cases, um, in reality, in in Western civilization, are committed by people who don't even self-identify as pedophiles. Mm -hmm. They're like somebody's fucking podunk grandpa who was like, well, she was looking a little funny at me and I grabbed her. You know, like it's like it, these people don't even have like a coherent enough, um, you know, self uh, narrativization to like conceptualize themselves as pedophiles. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then there's and then there's, you know, but unfortunately, the only exposure that we get to um, the pedophile like mindset is sort of this like hyper intellectualized like non-offending minor attracted person on like Twitter with like a furry avatar you know and this is like an ex on the extreme far end of uh, the sort of whatever intellectual um, spectrum mm -hmm. um, but and so that's like who we think of as a pedophile or like the French you know philosopher signing off on the uh, <laughs> on the um, but really like and and as an and as an Epstein truther um, you know, and I, I like recognize like the heinousness of his crimes, but if we're like, but they, that kind of person represents actually an extremely small sliver of like where childhood sexual abuse happens. And 
in our society, unfortunately. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, uh, maybe uh, addressing the uh, the Edward Devere uh, cage match. Oh, oh yeah, the Devere brawl. The Devere brawl: <laughs> colon, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. You know, I don't uh -huh. know what to say about yeah. it. I'm not sure it's going to actually happen. I don't know if we're actually going to do it. I know that's cage fair. Match. That's like probably like that's it like, was a that, it's been a brawl. Yeah, that's, that's like a saying. dumb dumb idea. The brawl is happening right now. This is the Edward Devere brawl. So. So it feels like we're experiencing it digitally. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Which, yeah, I don't know what's next. Like, I feel like, again, we're kind of seeing this in the space. I'm like, okay, so now the word's out. People are going to make a bunch of dumb tweets. But I like them. Like, I like people memeing and being like, Edward Beard did 9 11, like, JFK wrote Shakespeare. Like, I, I'm like, I'm down for that. You know what I mean? Like, as long as people are talking about it, the more the better. Mm -hmm. So that's like, it's coming. Mm. Well, and that's the other thing I was saying is like, I have like deep empathy for like people who are like, Ukraine and Russia experts or like epidemiologists in the past several years where it's like the news cycle or whatever the eye of Sauron shifts and then you end up with like having to have a bunch of idiots like take a bunch of like vibe takes where it's just like ugh, like I don't I think uh -huh. it's annoying to me to think that Shakespeare wasn't Shakespeare or like oh I think it's cool to think that Shakespeare wasn't Shakespeare but I'm not going to investigate the question like any further with any depth whatsoever so just preparing myself for that but again it's like I know what my aims were. I know what my goal was. It was to literally get people to know. It's like my SEO search results. Like people are knowing who Edward Devere is, and I can now have an Edward Devere picnic or an Edward Devere uh, orgy or an Edward Devere like fucking festival, and people are gonna know what Edward Devere is, and they're gonna make the decision on whether or not they want to come to the party or not. And so, mm -hmm. I feel like incredibly. Yeah, you know, people were asking me at the after party, they were like, when's the next one? I was like, oh, we you really, like, the demand was, like, all instantly there, so... No, I know, that's what everyone was saying, is that we need to do another one. So, look, I think Winter Ball, I think I should reach out, you know, we, 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 I think we need to figure out what the lineup would be, what it would look like. I think I'm still, like, recovering physically. Like, yeah, let's take a week or something, no, oh my god. No, I think, like, god. when my arm, like, froze, that was when I was like, okay, maybe I need to, like, instead of, like like manically like moving to my next project i think it's about like just taking a breath and like kind of sitting with the success of what we accomplished and and uh yeah. you know before i start immediately climbing doing your podcast tour your book tour. no exactly tour. yeah before we start Remote. climbing the next mountain i don't know i want to just say like mm -hmm. i know this is like i'm being insufferably like pollyannish but like i love edward devere like i don't know like maybe i fucked up like maybe this wasn't what he would have wanted maybe this wasn't in the spirit of his works and his legacy but like I don't know, Hank Whittemore seemed happy that, like, young people are interested in his work and, like, everyone seemed happy and I just, I don't know, I love Edward DeVere so much, so I hope that he feels whatever, like, I hope I hope he would have been happy with how he, 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 he pulled it off. Mm -hmm. One can only hope. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, he certainly wouldn't have been uh, uh, one of the haters and losers, I believe in that. <laughs> no, he definitely would not have been a hater or loser. I think we can absolutely guarantee that he would have, like, not been like that. You know, if Francis Bacon would have been a hater and loser. Francis Bacon would have been like, you know it smells crazy in there, empirically. Yeah, I know, Francis Bacon would have been, like, an NPC about it, but, <laughs> but you know. What else would you expect from the father of empiricism? What a Literally. dumb philosopher. The, that is like the only thing I care about is like that dumbass definitely did not write Shakespeare. Um, and <laughs> I, will, I will. I think I will the Rosicrucian Enlightenment made me a little bit more sympathetic to Bacon, but 
uh, other than that, I don't think I'm informed enough. Like, on oh, this like dumbass that like died anything. from eating raw meat. Like, he literally like would have been like a soul bra guy yeah. today. Like, it's and uh, no, like Shakespeare. Chicken. I just I, I don't even think he ate it. I think he just handled it, which is even stupider. I just oh, resent I that. that he's like I have to like spend time saying that he's not Shakespeare. Like, other than that, I think he's wonderful, and I think he's definitely grows here and he's like amazing. So no, no, he, I think he can't should even kill, get I think her to should, talk shit about Francis. I Bacon. think he should kill himself. <laughs> Maybe maybe one too many people told him that, and then he was like, "Let me go handle some raw meat." Yeah, he's like, like yeah. raw meat is like his version of like the Azov Battalion, Foreign Legion. <laughs> well, I think isn't he like maybe gay? Well, that was just so funny. It's like everyone's like, "Is Javier gay? Is Francis Bacon gay?" It's like when you die, like four hundred years later, if you if you if your legacy isn't like totally like obliterated and no one forgets you, like people are just gonna say you're gay. And so I think there's like or maybe it's because they were all aristocrats. Like maybe there is something like They're inherently okay. like uh, something inherently a feat about these dark elves from uh, from oh. Renaissance England. Like <laughs> right for sure. No, I mean there's definitely something to be said for that. Like Henri the Third, like of France, like he was totally a flaming and like had like men dressed as women in his court and was like. <laughs> Like very much like that, so I yeah. you're no, honest. It's, it's like funny how uh, uh, like. But I just like the idea, thing. like the you know the Ozymandias poem, but it's like everyone's gay. It's like instead of the statue crumbling, they remake the statue and they either say that he's like an oppressor, uh-huh. or they give him like a limp wrist, and then it's like wearing yeah. like a, it's like a gay statue. And upon the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias. I am a strong, powerful, obese Queer. black woman. Oh, uh, <laughs> and... I was trying to make it rhyme. Oh yeah, that's that. Well, that's Wait. a cucking. Um, the bacon death thing is actually more interesting than I thought it was. Okay. What happened? Uh, apparently he was trying to use snow, like develop a method of using snow to preserve meat. He got like really excited about like I could f- preserve meat with the snow. And then he, like, ran into the snow and was like, get me a fowl. And then they were like, okay, here's a chicken. And then and then he caught pneumonia and died. But I don't think you really get pneumonia from chicken. I think it might have just been the snow. Oh, wow. Can we, so can we throw a ball about that? Maybe, maybe, I, uh, um, maybe I'm being too hard on, like, maybe my issue with, like, Francis Bacon is, like, a narcissism of small differences. I mean, that's how I feel about Logo. Like, I'm, like, literally, like, he's, like, this guy that's, like, super obsessed with, like, the principle of sufficient reason and, like, correct epistemology and, like, the evils of the English. And I'm, like, me too, you know. We may have our differences, but, like, that's me. That's my guy, you know. Like, he's, like, the one that, like, wigs out about how, like, empiricism is bad. And I, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't care about politics. I don't care about anything. Like, literally, all I care about is, like, you believe that knowledge can be derived from induction like you should you, you like you should go to prison for that like there's no place in society for you that's you should read you should read rosicrucian enlightenment it might it might lend some uh that might be your way to, to the maybe Nick, that might be your way. i want to shout out my wonderful wonderful friend and collaborator daniel cowan who's an incredible piece on hermeticism and the art of memory like he's all about rosicrucianism and hermeticism and like his take on the oxfordian question is all about um uh, wizardry. So I feel like that's a mischaracterization. I hope you won't be upset by that. I just wanted to shout out Daniel. No, I um, think there's some No, but I did that. just want to say when we were talking about the, the way that um, poor Francis Bacon met his untimely demise, um, like, that's the thing. It's like you die, right? Like, we're all going to die. So it's like we at least get a fun party. Uh-huh. Seriously. Yeah. Literally, like, what are you going to do? Like, you can either, like, you know, what good is sitting alone in your room? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but 
let's have a party. Yeah, no, I would I would rather like die pursue like maybe maybe I'm being too hard on Francis Bacon and that I would rather die like pursuing like some like soul bra warrior fad than uh you know, die complacently of like old age, like, you know, surrounded by loved ones. I see I see Nick as like an amazing grandpa like sitting on a porch. I would love to be. I, I really like, I want to live to be 100 years old, but I also want to be rent asunder by Russian artillery in the Azov <laughs> Battalion Foreign Legion. You know, this is like, this is a struggle every day. Those are the two day. wolves inside of you? Yeah, no, inside of you, there's two wolves. And like one of them like wants to like, you know, make a statement to like the e-girl that hurt you. And then the other one's just like, I would love to be 100. That's nice. Um, I probably won't. Honestly, the most likely scenario is that I die of like a heart attack when I'm like six. Because of your then. genetics? Mm. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, and being my, and my lifestyle to be home. fair. Well, look, it's like I love reading about like Harold Bloom and his like incredible yeah. lifelong love of literature and reading books and collections that he assembled when he was like in his like late 80s and just how a lot his mind is. Yeah. And you can just see that loving something so much like, um, you know, sometimes I think because it's like, look, I mean, I love the Oxfordianism thing, but I don't think like, you know, 10 years. I mean, no, I'm going to be involved in the community, but like something I've always considered is like, maybe like after I have kids and stuff like to rabbinical school or just like you know there's incredible deep wells of knowledge and it's just so incredible to get to swim in them you know what i mean it's like like i'm hurt like that's mm-hmm. what makes me happy so um if, mm-hmm. if you love knowledge no, I think there's a lot of long life dignity yeah. a lot of dignity in being like an elder statesman um like like hank Whittemore. yeah absolutely totally. very uh very dignified appealing posture no i but, knew everyone was gonna love him he's so cool like, and 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 Prector and all these people so much so like not, not no hate but like they're not super savvy about like social media or the internet and so like there's like i think they don't understand like stand some of like technology but i think they get that people or the next generation is like enthusiastic and, and wanting to want the incredible movement that they built and research that they've done and so it's just like hate forward there's real elders like that's the thing it's like like we all complain about like having something like that socially like bankrupt like like generation where it's like no values but it's like it's when you actually have elders to revere as i do it feels so nice it's like it it really gets your head on right like you really know what your priorities are you really know what you owe to the community it gives you a sense of like responsibility and and like ethical framework like having real role models and elders in your community is so important i'm realizing as opposed to old people just being like, oh, you gotta look after me. Such a pain in the ass, like a drain, you know, as opposed to people like, you're like, wow, that person could accomplish something in their life and they're like, emulate their example and not fucking screwed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's another misconception, again, with the like Dime Square hate or whatever, is that people thought that this was like a young, like, whatever, hip, like, ironic, like, I don't know, shit party. It was like a respect but, your elders. Uh, but I mean, we had we had the elders, we had the old heads, sure like, and kids. We had kids. I don't know. I yeah, and kids. I mean, honestly, yeah, it was an intergenerational, like, uh, beautiful, like, triumph in uh, in inclusivity. And no, one of the comments <laughs> that I saw, like, a lot of people uh, dunking on, I think, because of prize dress, and also maybe again, reality mm-hmm. gamer smoke show. But his like general demeanor was like it was like a McFoyle family wedding, mm-hmm. which was like. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> like, 
Sure, yeah. Well, no, the McPoyles always have, like, a certain charm to them. I always, like, love... Like, of course, they have, like, a cottagecore, yeah. like, you know, trad vibe, like, that's kind of endearing about the McPoyles. Mm -hmm. And what, like, you want to be... Are you, are you, as opposed to being the, like, protagonist yeah. of Always Sunny, like, the, that makes you, like, better? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what the... It kind of loses right. the plot. I hope that my microphone situation isn't so fucked that this is all unusable. No, it's usable. Good. It's uh, it, it's good. It's better than last time for sure. Good. Oh my god, that was such a disaster. I'm so embarrassed. Every time I do one of these, I'm like, they're so bad. So now I'm strapped. Now I got my e-girl gadgets and I'm ready to pod. Uh -huh. Yeah, I hope my I hope mine's sounding you know okay. One I'm of you definitely has mine, background so. noise. I have no way of knowing who, but uh, I, I, I can edit it out when I like because. The beauty of using squad okay, cast is, like, yeah. is that you get like three separate audio tracks. So, so that's just what I'm gonna. Oh, do. gorgeous! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was hoping that that was something like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a good place to end it. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless we yeah. have any final yeah. remarks. Final remarks. I'm just no. like I get by with a little help from my friends, and I am so grateful to be mm -hmm. to know you guys and for all your help putting together this exciting event and. I'm just like such a fan and honored to be in such wonderful company, really. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm, I've really, over the, the last couple of years have been a trip on those stuff that we collectively, the whole crew has, you know, accomplished and this, this being the paradigm example. So I was very happy to be And I feel like, happy to be here. you know, Phoebe, like, uh, I mean, I've always had a high opinion of you, but I feel like my estimation of you keeps growing because I'm like, I don't know, like, you follow through, you know? Like, you always, like, follow through. On she things. really pulled it off. And it's like, you know, I just, like, you know, said a dumb thing, and, like, you made it into something really special, and, you know, when it had no reason to be, it could have just been, like, something that was funny to talk about. But, you know, I... I could have been I, a hold, I have contempt for people that, like, talk about things that they, want, like, would be cool to do and then never, like, take action on them. I find that to be like the worst trait. I think it puts you in an embarrassing position where you fantasize about unrealities, you know? Nope. Yeah. Um, but no, you made it reality. Uh, Thank you. You know, so I think you, you should, uh, you know, treat yourself, you know, by, you know, by yourself like a massage or something. Oh, not again. When they well, she tried. Oh, wait, that's right. No, okay, that. not that. Yeah, not that. Sorry. I, I, too soon. No, no, no. Um, but, no, but thank you. But yeah, no. buy yourself like a sauna day or something. I don't know. Like whatever girls do. Like a pedicure, I guess. Probably humiliate myself with an e-boy. Just kidding. Yeah. My, uh... Yeah. Anyway, welcome. Manny this petty has... humiliation. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, humiliating yourself with an e-boy, this has been the beautiful toilet. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Bye.